This episode of Road Soda is brought to you by... You love cockfighting. The tin can tequila, the filthy money, and the juice when Pollo Loco drops into the ring. I sure do. But you hate spending hours chasing down what was supposed to be a hot cockfight only to find two house cats in a box. Been there, done that. You don't want second-rate action. You want feathers flying and razor-sharp talons clawing excitement right into your veins. Now you're talking. Cocky is the all-new Cockfight location app that will never steer you wrong. Thanks, Cocky. We'll keep your thumb on the pulse of your local cockfighting scene at home or when you're out and about. I never seem to find a good cockfight when I'm traveling for business. Cocky can. Let the other guys show up on Monday with nothing interesting to say. You will be holding court at the water cooler, regaling the ladies with the kind of excitement that only happens around a good cockfighting ring. Cocky does not condone the use of homemade alcohol or actual brushes with death. Cocky is a GPS location service app, cannot be held responsible for deaths, rapes, or robberies that may occur from its use. Cocky. Don't talk the talk. Be the cock of the walk. Welcome to another episode of Road Soda. Thank you for cracking your 83rd Road Soda. On this episode of Road Soda, we ask, is that tequila or weed? And the answer is yes. Also, wow, Icelandic Airlines really sucks. I'm Isaiah Cooper. With me is Greg McGinnis. And I have a guy at NASA who wants to keep you in bed for two months. And also, we bring you the dirt, the in-depth, uh, behind-the-scenes story of Motley Crue that no one wanted. Nobody wanted. Greg said he was pushing for it, and uh, he's like, nobody wanted it, but I got it for you guys. And Greg's really excited about that Millennial Book Club segment. Episode 83. What do we have for 83, Greg? We've got a very Take exciting lineup for you. So we've been doing episodes... Of things that are 83 to coincide with our show's evolution. And I do have one of those. It's got a very tight... Uh, or shows that are have the same number. This episode. We haven't done any, we haven't done 83 yet. That's true. So we're on 83. So we're doing... yeah. You That's the you beauty do. of it. Is we're landing right on it. Right. Episode 83 I thought was of note of uh, WTF, which I keep an eye on. June 21st, 2010. Jim Jeffries. Probably for the first time. Maybe his second time. Mm -hmm. on. Uh, also... Episode 83 of a program called MASH. Have you ever watched that show before? If I ever watched MASH. No, but Alan Alda was at my parents' wedding. Really? Yes. Do you know what year? That... Never mind. Continue. 11-14-1975 was the date. Episode 83 of MASH aired. Very interesting. Season 4, episode 11. I actually Very spent $2 to buy it so I could watch it on YouTube. Wow. Oh, recently? Yeah. Uh... Not when it came out. Not when it came out. You know why? <laughs> because I was zero days. It came out the day that I was born. Episode 83 of MASH. Wasn't even a great episode either, by the way. Ned Beatty did a coaster. He was kind of a big star at the time. Alan Alda fucking steals every MASH. He's like the guy. It's Alan Alda. He's the guy, man. Then they did uh, the guy that was like his partner in crime. The only other that was like his partner. They had originally this guy that his name was Roger. 
God. Derringer. No, I had his name too. Wayne Rogers. And he left the show because of like some issue that he had with the war that mm-hmm. was going on in Vietnam. Or some... He had some type of issue in general with society. I can't be on a show about Vietnam. I'm in Vietnam. Right, because it's kind of like a campy show where they're in Korea. Oh, South Korea right. during the Korean War. That's what MASH was. Mobile Army Surgical Hospital, right? So they're... Mm-hmm. They're just kind of out there in South Korea killing time, and then every episode, the choppers come in and they fix everybody up in this, like, Quonset hut hospital. Right. And Alan Alda's the best goddamn meatball surgeon there ever is. And oh, he's fuck yeah. Kind of, he's even joking while they're doing surgery, which is so cheesy. Like, there's two guys operating oh, you gotta, guys. You're in a war zone, Greg. You, you wouldn't get a war zone yeah. if, it, if you were in one. <laughs> so anyway, that was episode 83, which I, th- I felt a personal connection to because it happened on the day of my birth. Uh, but I'll, now I want to flex over to the year 1983. Interesting we're, year. We're in episodes 80s and 90s, and I think definitely in this period we're going to do 80s and 90s years because they're because it's Greg's years, and he wants to reminisce on the, yes. his, the worst years of his life. But also it's kind of retro. People like listening to the 80s and the 90s. Interesting, stuff. interesting things happened in 1983, Greg. What, what, yes. what do you got? I'll, I'll give you some things that happened in 1983 to really tie this thing together. But what do you got? What happened? I think it's a big thing. So the first commercial, commercially available cell phone came out in 1983. The Motorola Dynatac 8000X. It's what's got a big. Is that the one where like they use that in uh, what movie? If you well, if you go to our Twitter account, you can see a picture of one because I saw someone selling one on eBay for 800 bucks. But it's it's pretty big. So it retains its its value. It's a big. (laughs) (laughs) It's a big ass thing and it's got like a base remember how everyone had cordless phones for a time yeah it's similar to that where it's got a little base and it's got like a it's guaranteed to scramble your fucking brains probably big the big antenna that's not really flexible i mean you could move and you gotta like it it extends out like a walkie-talkie no it was like the big the big long black thing didn't extend it was like it was what it was the real gamma rays coming out of there the real juice definitely cancer and what about that in 1983 well, that came out. That oh, was, came out. That was the first uh, cell phone that you could buy, like commercially. Right. They probably had like the government had them before and shit. Right. But this is the first one you could go buy one. You know what else happened in 1983? What? The very I don't know if you know this, but it's kind of an interesting tie together. You must have missed over it. But the very last episode ever of Mash aired in 1983. Really? The very last episode of Mash aired in 1983. And it had the most watched, it was the most watched episode of television. Until Seinfeld. Of 125 million, and as of 2018, is still unbeaten. Wow, I knew that that was very highly viewed. It was a very popular show. The last episode, 1983, of MASH. So it was on your birthday, and here we are, 83, and 1983. Bam. Isn't that tied together? So you got another one? That was a nice tie. Yes, TCPIP. You familiar with those those letters? Uh, it's just a... Isn't that a juggalo group? I wish. Uh, the internet... Family, pro- woo whoop, Vago, that kind of thing. The internet protocol suite is the conceptual model and set of communications protocols used in the internet in similar networks. It's commonly known as TCP slash IP. I remember as an early dial-up user, you had to select that. When you were setting up a network, you had to plug into your modem in the, in the fucking computer right and then you have to select tcpit which stands for uh, tcpip transmission control protocol and the internet protocol basically insane clown posse one pretty sure it would be the 
the TCP. I'm not sure what it is. Something <laughs> clown posse, but not insane. All right. Um, you could, you know what? The clown posse slash insane posse is kind of yeah, right there. That was, yeah, yeah. That might be a nice way name. to remember it if you're a juggalo and you're into the internet. But basically, this is what they classify as the inception of the internet. So basically, the oh. internet started in 1983. They went from a less usable and flexible format to TCPIP. That's Al Gore's invention, right? Al Gore. There you go. And, and then in 1990, there was another big step. Just to go off that note, Tim Berners-Lee invented the World Wide Web in 1990. So mm -hmm. I, I would say those two things have kind of brought us to the internet that we have right now, which is kind of a big deal, I think. Al cell phones Gore and, the internet. and this other guy. And Al Gore. His yeah. name actually Tim Berners-Gore. Not a nah, lot of people know that. Al, Al Gore is... Tim Berners, this other Tim Berners guy, I don't know who you're talking about. Uh, you know what else happened in 1983? What else happened in 1983? Remember how I told you about Alan Alda being at my parents' wedding? Yes. 1983! They got at married the, in 1983? At the Beverly Hills Hotel. They oh. got married, and Alan Alda was there, and that was also in 1983. Was this before or after the final cut? Same year. I don't know. Probably I don't know after, because they usually do it early, right? They got married in uh, around April. So around in that in that time, so uh, it could have been recorded a little bit earlier, and you know, the, I don't know when last when season finales happen in either spring or fall, uh, whichever it is. I think it might happen in spring. I don't know, but uh, yeah. And I guess as of recently, the Beverly Hills Hotel was all bought by some uh, Muslim Shiite guy, and I think like George Clooney and a, a bunch of people in Hollywood are telling everyone to boycott. The Beverly Hills Hotel, as well, as well as some of these other hotels, because of their views on like uh, their anti-LGBTQ and all that kind of stuff. This guy wants to enact Sharia law and shit like that. And so, like, yeah, boycott. Uh, we should probably be boycotting. Now, I have heard time. projections for some of the hotel, large hotel sheet production facilities are way up, and so they are going the other direction, saying we should really double down on double this. down on this and, and let's we, see where the sheet these goes. These big, these big sheet production lobbies. Are really pushing for uh, the Muslim. The sheet production right. lobby is very powerful. Very powerful. And they're just getting stronger. So uh, that also happened. So isn't that a nice... Uh, you were born on the 83rd episode of MASH. The last episode of MASH was in 1983. Which my parents were married in 1983. And Alan Alda from MASH was in... Was at their wedding. Yes, huh? the circle of life is complete. Isn't that interesting? Hi, Percy Mays here with Ultra Screen Clean. You know my brother Billy is dead, but you might not know how he died. Filthy cell phone screen. Ultra Screen Clean is the only filth fighting product that harnesses the cleaning power of Swedish algae. Think there are a lot of germs on a homeless guy's taint? Of course there are. But right now, your cell phone has five times more filth. So if you want to keep using your face as a park bench, have at it. But if you want an ultra clean cell phone and to not die like my brother, Ultra Screen Clean is the answer. My name is David Potter. I tried a lot of different products before this one, and my life totally sucked. But then I came across this one, and I am so happy. I literally cream my slacks on a regular basis. But wait, there's more. If you order now, we will send you an extra month supply free. Ultra Screen Clean, a Popco brand. Can I mention a couple other 1983 things? Because Are they as interesting? I think so. Uh, if we, you can get half as interesting as that. We sent a female into space in 1983, Sally Ride. Bo boring. Uh, also, this this was interesting. This guy was brought to justice. His name was Giovanni Vigliotto. 
1983, he was convicted of fraud and bigamy. He was bigamy. purported to say he had 105 wives. This guy is that different than reported? This guy had a really cool. Well, because they don't know what the actual number is, because not all the women came out. Allegedly, it said 105 women. This guy had a fucking. So he was like one of these magnetizing guys. A woman said. They call it a harem. A woman said. Uh, wait, I want to get. Start, and he, so he didn't start a cult. I want to get her exact. You know what they call that, Greg? What? The Kavorka. She said. It's from a Seinfeld episode, you wouldn't get it. A woman, Joan Baccarella of Manalapan, New Jersey, spoke of his hypnotic gaze, the hypnotic quality of his gaze and manner. He proposed to these women on the first date. That was his normal ruse. He would say. I want you to move into my place. Let's get all your stuff, put it on the truck, get it out of the way, and then we're going to start a new life. And then the new life would consist of him getting back involved with the truck with all her shit in it, mm-hmm. and he would take it to these flea markets and sell it. Oh, genius. It's pretty fucking genius. For dude. nickels on... Yeah, he, you pack it up in the truck, I take it and I sell it, and uh, that's it. Bam. 105 women. Bang her a couple times, you know. Was he doing this in Italy? Him. America. He's doing it, but he was Italian. We don't even know. Land was, of the swap shops. One of my favorite things about this whole thing is that this guy was such a lying son of a bitch. Nobody was able to say who they said. Maybe he was born in Italy in 1929. Although this says he was born in New Jersey in 1934. Right. This thing says this. He always told the women this. The golden age of, of shitty records. His people. license that they when they busted him had an address on it that was there was like a no such address. How do you even do that? I mean, I guess How? you can get There's no internet, man. They just write it down. They don't know anything back then. I just thought this was pretty interesting. And the guy, the 105th victim, they called her the 105th victim. It probably sounds like there was more like 80 to 85 women that he actually married. Right. And, and then, then everybody else that wanted to jump market. in on that uh, lawsuit and get some money out of the case. And Well, I think, no. I lost everything. The New York Times posted a thing when he went to jail in 1983 when he was finally busted. They said 105 wives, so they were probably, you know. Was he handsome? It. Are you trying to tell me that the New York Times was going to lie about how many wives this guy had? On April 11th, he was sentenced to 28 years in prison for fraud and six more for bigamy and fined $336,000. So you still haven't told me what bigamy is. I haven't told you what bigamy is? Yeah, I'll tell you when you're older. I don't want you to know now. I don't think you know what bigamy is. I got one last thing that <laughs> happened in 1983. This is interesting to me, and I think you'll be interested in well. In 1983, the UK made seatbelts mandatory in cars. Yes. In 1983. Yes. At that point, in 1968, uh, LBJ made seatbelts mandatory to be put in cars in the U.S. But there were no laws about seatbelts. They're just in there. You don't got to click them. No ticket. Don't got to click it. Just have it in the car. That's right. That's right. So you just put them in the car in the 60s. Then they started doing all these Because it's America. It's your choice. It's up to you. Yeah. And actually, I'll get to that in a second because there's one particular state that I have always really disliked. That still doesn't have any fucking laws on seatbelts. Massachusetts. They're the only one. You know, they shouldn't have... The, maybe we can clear some of that out. Clear out some of the deadwood. New York. just get rid of... Was the first state to mm-hmm. pass a law which required... And now you see we have a population problem. Do you see? Do you see what's happening here? They were the first state to pass a law. The first law came into effect December 1st, 1984. And a guy in Westchester County wrote the first ticket for a seatbelt. What do you think that guy said? The first guy ever to get a ticket... Are you fucking nuns. kidding me? This is fucking bullshit. This is bullshit. Fucking bullshit. I'm surprised that guy lived. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he died. It's a brave man. Three months in yeah. a car accident. It's a brave man. So that was the first ticket was uh, sometime after that in New York. Right now, there are not 50 states that have laws. Uh, we started enacting them like in the mid-80s into the mid-90s. Most states went to a mandatory seatbelt law. 
But 34 that's states... the federal system, Greg. Well, this is actually state. These are states Right, now. the federal system, uh, that's how it works, is they, uh, they enact a law. But the states have the rights to either not do, do that shit or not do that shit. Yeah, so every state has its own thing. 34 states, a cop can just pull you over for not having your seatbelt on. We got a it's complete a list of that thing. of those states on our website, and you can uh, 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 totally go our around website, those states. Our website is called uh, Wikipedia. You say road soda out loud, right. then you type in wikipedia.org. Right. And, type and you in look C-Pat, at that list, and then website. you don't have to go to those shit states. But I just want to point out, 34 states have it as the cop can just pull you over for not having a seatbelt on. 15 states, they can't pull you over for it, but if you they pull you over for something else. Mm-hmm. They're gonna, they're gonna bundle it. They can bundle it. That's right. The they're gonna pork it. barrel it. Is what they like to. There's one fucking state in this country that still is like, nah, fuck it. Texas, not Texas. Montana. It's in New. It's. I'll, I'm gonna give you their slogan so that maybe people can guess out there. Live free or die. New fucking Hampshire. Worst my state in the fucking country. Yes, it is New Hampshire. They fuck up everything. It's the worst run state in the country. I swear to God. Anytime you want to look up a list where they do rank states by one to fifty on anything. Mississippi and New Hampshire trade off spot 49 and 50 on almost every fucking category. Mississippi, we get it, right? Mississippi, poor state, not a whole lot going on down there, kind of slower to adapt than the rest of the world. I get Mississippi. New Hampshire, you have no fucking excuse. You touch Massachusetts, you're right there, the oh, internet is like on. that's supposed to give you something? Fuck yeah, it's supposed to give you okay, something. Okay, all right, all right. Supposed to give you diseases of the venereal kind is what he's given you. <laughs> those poor, those poor New Hampshireites, they're trying to live free or die, motherfucker, and you're out there trying to strap them down with seatbelts. It's my God-given right to fly through my windshield if I want to. It's the guy. It's the insurance lobbyists that want me to stay alive. That's those are the real fucking people. It's all nobody a else racket. gives. It's all a big racket. A That's what they say in New Hampshire. Everything's a racket. Yep, it's all a racket. Because nobody actually no. I mean, outside of just trying to keep taxpayers taxpayers alive, they don't really give a shit if you wear uh, a seat. The real, the people that, the only people that actually take a, uh, actually take a hit from you not wearing your seatbelts is the insurance companies, right? Because they're gonna have to pay. I don't want to fucking pay out, or I want you know whatever is whatever is more cost effective. It's like that whole section, that whole part of Fight Club where it's like, yeah, we well, do the calculations of, is it worth to pay? Worth it to pay it out if he dies or he doesn't die? Or it's like. Or the recall. You're just the, or the recall. If are the recall is 10 cents more expensive, fuck it. Fuck it. We're not doing it. Yeah. It, dude, it's it's all it is and they don't give a shit. That is America, click baby. It, click it or ticket because, oh, we can now make money on the tickets. That's pretty cool. Uh, the taxpayers stay alive. Well, that's good for us. Uh, oh, and also now the insurance companies are going to save a little money because they're not paying out life insurance every Yahoo that flies through their fucking windshield. Um, but yeah, that is, I think, an 83... Exciting year. Exciting year. Right? Cell exciting. phones and the internet came out in 1980. I read it. Was I, the I don't first... know much about those two things, but do you feel, I, we'd have to look up to see if either... The way I read it was in 1983, in the very first cell phone call was made. I didn't see that they were, they put out, a, I mean, I'm sure by the end of the year, maybe the first cell phone publicly was out, but it said the first cellular call was, was in made, the 70s. was made in 1983. No, I think they made them before that. Like I read it on Wikipedia this morning. The the Motorola Motorola DynaTAC 8000X was commercially available. You could go buy it at Radio Shack or whatever in 83. They had cell phone calls. There was a guy that tried to patent. You ready for this? The first right. patent attempt uh, for a cell phone was in 1917. A Finnish dude Yeah. said, I want to have a mobile handset. With a carbon fiber, he probably didn't know what the fuck he was talking. You're just about. making words up. Get the G- fuck out of and here. And then we put it in the water and do a sacrifice, and the the call gets transmitted. Did you know the year that the 3D printer was invented? 
1983, you dipshit. Come on. It's 3D right there printer. Right there. 3D printer was invented in 1983. I read the same Wikipedia page you did. I just Do you really have... read it. I picked out the mash bit. You didn't get that one. I picked out uh, the 3D printer, the cell phone bit. I'm trying to pick out the cell phone bit again here. I yeah, wanna... look up the cell phone bit because you definitely need a little work on your... Uh-uh. Right here. Ready. Facts. Uh... Up, it, it happened right in January, so maybe in January they made the first f phone call, and then by the end of the year, you could buy that uh, commercial cell phone from Motorola. Um, let's. Oh, geez, that was already really January first mitigation. Uh, January third. Okay, right up top. This year, 1988 saw both the official beginning of the internet and the first mobile cellular telephone call. It's like one of the first things on uh, on the page, right up there in the first paragraph. Yeah, but then if you read further down, it's the first call is made in like the seventies. It says it on the Wikipedia page. Well, they that doesn't make any sense then, because they said the first cell phone call was made in eighty three. What do you expect for a free service that's now looking for fucking all this money? By the way, every time I go on Wikipedia, can you please give us some money? We know Burn you're a heavy down. user. Fuck off! I've been getting it for free forever. I'm, I'm a heavy paying. user. I'm not paying you. <laughs> <laughs> I used to. I used to pay them. Whatever. Hi, Sammy Mays here with Mega Screen Scrub. My cousin Billy loved to talk on his phone, and that's what killed him. Cell phone grime. It should have been his brother Percy, that piece of shit. Mega Screen Scrub is the only grime-fighting product that harnesses the cleaning power of Norwegian algae. Think there are a lot of germs on a hobo's asshole? Of course there are, but right now your cell phone screen has five times more grime. So if you want to keep using your face as a subway seat, have at it. But if you want a mega clean cell phone and to not die like my cousin, Mega Screen Scrub is the answer. My name is David Potter. I tried a lot of different products before this one, and my life totally sucked. But then I came across this one, and I am so happy, I literally cream in my jeans on a regular basis now. But wait, there's more! If you order now, we'll send you an extra month's supply free. Mega Screen Scrub, a Popco brand. Just in, Greg, the news, you know, you know what I like about the news? What do you like about the news? I like the news because it never stops. It seems, you know, sometimes you think, man, there can't be anything else, but then all of a sudden you think, then all of a sudden you see that uh, they are turning the bacteria that makes tequila, that turns sugar into alcohol for the type of the particular alcohol that makes, uh, or that is tequila, they have crispered that shit to now make THC and CBD oil. So instead of the process turning it into alcohol, that bacteria can turn it. There was a patent filed from a German company that will turn that into weed. Interesting. That is interesting, isn't it? You know what? I think I like that news story. So that just happened. They just filed that patent uh, this past week. Will and it be I'm, a drink or will it be a bud or what? It won't be anything. It's just a way to make the product. It's just a way to make THC and CBD. What you do with it, whether you bake it into something, you turn it into something, you infuse it with something, it, but just getting the THC itself. And and the reason I like that art, uh, that news story is because we talked, we did our stock talk last week, and that crosses perfectly with two of the largest stock things in the world. Right? Not just with what I like to do, or uh, but like 
the hundred most top ones are things that are CRISPR and things that are marijuana, and these two things cross. So they CRISPRed, which means they gene edited this bacteria to instead of it produce, like I said, it takes sugar and then it turns it into alcohol, most specifically into tequila. And uh, so in that process, the output would then not be alcohol. It's going to be THC, which is going to cut the, it cuts the price of getting THC and CBD by like thousands of percents. Like it's going to make it, right now, right now what you have to do is you have to grow a plant and then you have to extract it out of the plant. Whereas they're just going to give this bacteria, whatever, sugar, and then it's going to produce it for pennies on the dollar in mass amounts. Very, very Where do quickly. they get the bacteria from? The, it just multiplies. It just lives. The same way any bacteria. They created the bacteria. So they took the bacteria that was making this, and then they took a generation of it, and then they changed their genes. And then when they multiplied, when, those, when that bacteria reproduced, all of its offspring, instead of making alcohol, is now making THC and CBD as an as an and as a waste so that's what it's that bacteria or all bacteria like the alcohol is waste from what they're doing so they intake they eat sugar and they're pooping alcohol and instead now they're they changed i don't i couldn't tell you anything past the actual process of what's happening but they're but they're pooping out weed now yeah which like it's not that it's super expensive or it's it's super hard to extract those things but it, this just makes it so much easier and you can get so much more for so much less. Like we're talking like the quantities that you can create for the price is just insane. And it's going to drop like right now, if you want to buy a bottle of CBD, it can cost you depending on the potency of that CBD. We're talking maybe uh, like an ounce of it, like a little tiny bottle anywhere from 30 to $80. And now with this, it'll be down like five bucks. And it's still going to be a good quality. You can be high potency, good quality. And that's the CBD stuff is the stuff they give to kids when they're having seizures and stuff. Uh, I think that was, I thought that was really pretty damn interesting. The world is ours. We're <laughs> this weed. They're like, take that bacteria. Now you're making weed. I just need a little more time to synthesize this stuff. We'll see what turns into big things and what. Uh... Oh, I mean, yeah, it's just, it, they filed a patent. And, and the idea is there, but uh, we'll see if it's executed and if it can work. But uh, so far, it looking, it's looking pretty good. Very interesting. I don't know what companies, or if they're companies you can even invest in or anything, but it's just interesting that that is where it's going. We and will it was an keep you updated crossover. on where you can update to get this tequila weed. Tequila bacteria. weed, man. Tequila oh, yeah. weed, bacteria shit. That's right. It'll get you fucked up. <laughs> but also, they give it to kids with seizures. That's what the weed people always say. Hey man. They give it to kids with seizures, okay? But I do need a lot of it for this party, so I'm going to have to go now. It's not just her getting fucked up. <laughs> gets my kids fucked up, gets, too. Gets the kids unfucked, <laughs> gets me fucked. That's right. What do you got for news? What happened for you in the news? Uh, well, I saw a story about a study that NASA is commissioning where they want to pay people $19,000 to participate in a study where they have to be willing to stay in bed for two months. Now, can I ask you, what year did that article come out? March 29th, 2019. Really? Yes. Because I heard about that, like, years ago, that they, that they, I, I heard they, like, already ran that. Well, they may be... Maybe they're redoing it. Maybe consistently doing these things. I mean, they always have to, you know, do the study. Yeah. You have to be able to speak German. Mm. And you're doing <laughs> everything in bed. I wanted to look into it. You're doing everything in bed. Shitting... 
everything in bed. Yep. Eating, shitting, showering in bed. You they wanted, they want to test the, uh, the effects on people being sedentary for that long, assuming that they're going to have to do something like that to people to send them to like Mars or some shit like that. You have to do 60 days, and only people aged 24 to 55 who speak German are qualified to volunteer as a participant. I don't mm. understand why German, but... Do you think you can do it? Uh, maybe, but I wouldn't want to do that. Why not? For nine, It's not worth 19000 for you? It's not. For 60, 60 days? days? It's not. No. I don't think you're thinking about the true magnitude of literally being in bed for 60 straight right. days. But... No matter what, that time is with someone pa- next to you. By the way, okay, and it right. won't be someone as as uh, loquacious as myself. Right. But regardless, that It'll sixty be a fucking days German speaking motherfucker is gonna. I'm speaking German, so at least I can curse him out back. But that sixty days is gonna pass. The you first by phrase that you'll want to learn is, "Will you stop shitting so loudly next to me? We've been laying next to each other for twenty four days, and and we keep- have twenty thirty six to go. If you keep shitting, I'm gonna keep masturbating louder and louder." <laughs> I have to do it laying down. Yeah, and you'll get sick of that too in German. A voiceover thing going, please stop. Uh, no mas... That's, that's Spanish, right. I believe. It's very similar to the German. No more masturbating in the suit, please. Yeah. We've told you before four no times. No more it's jerkin' z dick, is I think what they say. <laughs> and But do you not feel that you would think that that from like the day that, that you said no, and then like, all right, well, it starts tomorrow. And then as soon as two months pass by, you wouldn't at least think for a second, I could have $19,000. Like, that two months is going to pass me regardless. It's all, it's going to go. It's going to come and go. And I could have $19,000 today. Are you speaking right German? Here. I'm Obviously, this is hypothetical. You're not doing this. Right? Let's, right. Don't, don't act like the German thing is keeping you. I like you. to take the hypothetical thing seriously. I feel like laying in bed for 60 days would right. be a major challenge. What money, how much money do you need for that? To happen. It would have to be life-changing money, I think. Because it would fuck my whole 2019 up. And I got a wife and kids and shit, so we'd have to be seven figures. Get you away from them. million dollars I could do. million dollars yeah. is real. That's what 60 days is worth to you. A million dollars. Yep. But not, not 19000 Definitely not 19000 I think I'd sell 60 days for 19000 I'd actually love to, if we had the time, to put together a list of things you would do for 19000 that I would not, and we could compare. I would sell my I would sell 60 days for $19,000 in a heartbeat. Yeah, I just think that's a little short-sighted. I think I don't. You would that's, I would. That. N- I would never. I think make, you would massively regret that. I will never make nineteen thousand uh, dollars in any two months. Me neither. And I know that if I had that nineteen thousand dollars, I had have a really good chance of turning that nineteen thousand dollars into more money after that sixteen-month period. That is a big jump start to everything I'm trying Again, to do with my very life. short-sighted. Just how is that short-sighted? Well, because you're just thinking about the money. Not it's just the sixty days. Sixty days. It's not. It's not like you're in prison. You chose to do it. It's worse than prison. Prison let you go out in the yard. Prison is uh, you're you didn't make a choice. Prison is, prison is I'm putting you in this cage. You can't. If this, if you don't like it, you can give up whenever you want. If at two weeks I go fuck this, I can't do it. They're not going to say you can't get up and leave. You can do it whenever you want. You think they'll give you like four grand? They probably won't give you anything. <laughs> Why would you give you? I wouldn't give you four grand. I wouldn't give you shit. So you ruined our fucking study. You don't think you get a paycheck? Like even like the baseball players that make no, you five probably million get a paycheck. No, this ain't baseball, Greg. <laughs> this ain't baseball. This is laying in a bed shitting so that these astronauts can study what happens to you. I from look forward down. to the Netflix. Why couldn't they the just Netflix find original movie? Sixty down. days. Yeah, laying down. What about why don't they just go and monitor those guys that have been like glued to their couch for the past decade because they're eight hundred pounds? Well, can't they? You just... at least get to get up and stretch your legs and piss. Right. You know what I mean? Have you ever shat in a bed? 
next to someone that you don't know? Well, yeah. That speaks German? Well, I mean, it's what does it for By the me. way, for 60 straight days, you know, you'd want to murder someone by the time you, you'd get... It's $19,000. I think I'd, I think I'd do it. And not, not only do I think I'd do it, I would do it. If I spoke German, if I was in that age group, if it was a possibility for me to even apply, I would 100% do it. How about like a temporary um, human centipede thing where you were attached to someone for just 60 days for $19,000? No. Why not? What's the difference? What's the difference? I'm eating shit. I'm eating shit. That's the difference, Greg. I'm not eating shit. My price for eating shit is much higher than just dealing with laying in a bed that I can get out of whenever I want if I really can't handle it. Which, that mental, that mental thing, that out, knowing that I can whenever I want, is going to make it a lot easier to do it. I go, I just make it through this time. I, I would be able to adapt for two months to make $19,000. I highly doubt it. And I honestly wish there was some way that I could bet on that. I know money. I could. And you would lose. I would make double that amount of money. Did you ever hear about that? Uh, what happened? It was these two really high-end... I would high give end, you seven hours. These two really... I, that's, a, that's a nap, Greg. It's a nap. Not next to some other person you don't know in a space. You're really harping with a rod up your ass. And now you're adding and, and, well, I'm just saying. Just because you don't have the fortitude to make nineteen thousand dollars that I do, doesn't mean you have to get defensive about it. I like want to hear. You, I want to hear you give this a shot. I've made a little noise here typing, but. Hold off, in the bin Stop jacking off next to me. There you go. We could we could have fun probably just with like ten or twelve phrases that you. What would be you, that might be something funny to have people write into us and have Isaiah read in German. In German? The ten most commonly uttered phrases between day one and sixty. Well, that's obviously top number one. Hör off, <laughs> hör off, zu witzen. I think they said they're gonna do a guy and a girl. Just maybe one? We'll, maybe we'll follow up on this. Does he get to do her? Be, I don't know. Greg's like, I'll do it for free. I doubt it because you probably don't get to fuck in the space program. They do it, I'm sure. They but, do. But you're not supposed to. So Icelandic Airlines shut down mid-fucking flight. Did you hear about that? Icelandic Airlines called WOW, W-O-W. It's an Icelandic lo- uh, uh, little puddle jumper thing. Uh, while they were in flight, they went, uh, we're out of fucking business. Click. They grounded all the flights. They got people off their flights. They say, we're having some troubles. we got to change you onto a different plane. They all sat for a few hours. Nobody knew what the fuck was going on until... All of the flight staff boarded planes and fucking took off in some of these airports. And people were like, uh, what the fuck is going on? What's happening? That was it. They just shut down. They got their, wow. they got their quarterly reports back and they say, we can't, we can't keep doing this. We got to shut it down. All right, we'll, we'll just, you know, That's fix crazy. this you at the end of the... No, no, we got to do it now. <laughs> we fucking land that shit now. Do you imagine that? That's crazy. Even like a restaurant, if like a small little restaurant... Is like they're shutting down, like, you know, like, I will shut down at the end of the week, right? They don't go, all right, finish out, all right, get, get out of here. You think it'd be more expensive to just drop people off because there's going to be lawsuits and people are going to be putting in for all kinds of waivers and vouchers. They just and shit. landed, all the planes in the air just landed. They say, uh, get off. In one place, is they, they like gave them vouchers for like pizza or something just to hold them over. And they're like, all right, get the fuck out of here, latch the doors. Shut the lights out, we're out of here. You guys probably aren't going anywhere for a while. Um, oh no, your, your plane's coming. It'll be here in just a little while. We're going to put you on another plane. On a related note, do you hear about those planes that have been going down because it's like bad software? They pulled all of them? No. It's Is like it, a type of um, 737, like the Mega 737GL or something. Are they crashing? Yeah. They're crashing. They're crashing because the software in it, at some point with normal shit that the pilots are putting in, is telling them that there is a... 
it, the telling the the thing is in a stall, so the software is telling the plane pull down, which is supposed to kind of help jumpstart the plane back again. But the plane is not stalling. The nose is going down, and the fucking things are crashing. The pilots cannot stop it. I haven't heard about any planes crashing. Two of them have crashed, and they so they made everyone pull all the planes. At some point in America, they were like, "We know what we're doing. We oh, don't." This have is these. in America. This was hap- one. Oh, that's of, why I don't hear about one it. One of them crashed in. Asia, I think, and one of them crashed in... It's a safe bet to say Asia. That's most of the world, so yeah. Just one of them crashed Asia. in Asia, one in Europe, maybe? Yeah. And, um... But America has, like... Uh, Southwest Airlines has a lot of this particular model of plane, and they were like... If you had to we're ask not doing me, this. I would say Southwest or Spirit. It would be one of those two. Well, Just... Southwest is a discount airline, but they're not, like, as janky as fucking Spirit or, like, uh, Apparently Allegiant. they are. Well, so they didn't want to ground their planes, but then Trump and the eight... Uh, the airline whatever place they said we are going to force you to ground them and like it's not like they have backup planes like they keep it pretty tight so maybe they have, it was isolated like, if they own 42 planes 41 <laughs> of them in operation and they take one out at a time to do work if something happens they put people on another right, all plane. these planes are the same they all got the same software and they all got Something's, grounded yeah like a lot of their fleet was this type of plane so southwest is gonna be fun. maybe wow had those same planes Maybe maybe that was a factor, but it did say in the article that it, they were. Sounds more like an accounting issue for a while. They they well they, yeah they got their their the quarterly reports back for how everything was going and they said <laughs> we're, not, we're done we are done and they just shut it down. What other, what else you got for news? The stewardess I just you just gave me a vision of a stewardess walking back down the aisle yoinking peanuts. Sorry, those are not yours. Nope. We cannot. Nope. No. She's taken as her severance package is what she's doing. She knows her family is going to be living off peanuts. She walks off the plane first. She goes, give me 10 minute head start. She just got, she's making her arms into a basket. She's got all those little mini shots. Yep. Someone shut the lights off. We're fucking out of here. This place <laughs> yeah. sucks. So what do you, what do you have? Second death. This is from the USA Today. Second death this week confirmed at Grand Canyon. Two separate unrelated people taking pictures in the Grand Canyon, got too close to the edge, fell into the Grand Canyon. There's signs. There are signs. Fucking idiots. Yeah. So the second guy was from Hong Kong. He was a, a tourist from Hong Kong, and he just was leaning over some specific spot. Yeah, that does fall right head into the statistical average for how many people visit versus how many die, and which ethnicity it probably would be. I they think love taking photos. They love their cameras. They love the tourism. They love seeing our national monuments. And uh, they are probably the most common people at the Grand Canyon on a daily basis. And after so many millions are there, one guy's bound to die falling over the edge. So I think them's the bricks on that one. Yeah, you're right. When I, when I finished reading this, that was exactly my thought. Is, is two a lot? I don't know how many people normally die taking pictures of the Grand Canyon. Did they Canyon? give you the numbers of how many people are filed through that place on a daily basis oh, or even God, on a weekly a basis? Yeah, It's a lot, but usually when you go to like a public... Uh, park or something like that like they put the railing so far like no one is going to die unless you're a fucking idiot and you climb over it and then you take five more steps this seems weird like the guy just was leaning down a little bit too much uh, I think however they're wording it they're just trying to be really nice to the guy maybe I don't think you're right because you're exactly right but out of all those millions of people that file through there one of them's bound to be a dumbass and you know the other thing shit I, himself over the edge. The other thing, because sometimes it's just incredulous, incredulous to me that someone would actually die leaning over taking a picture. Sometimes I really think what happened is like he was traveling with like a Hong Kong diplomat, it's a big wig, and they got into a fight, and the guy just fucking threw him over. He had his henchman went, just throw him to gorge. I'm like, right. and then they go, he fell over taking a picture. Everyone turns like, around. Just, you as, saw it. That's as likely to me as a fucking person falling out into the Grand Canyon. I think by it was his wife. 
Could have been his wife, too. Yeah, probably. I mean, you are most likely to be killed by your spouse, I believe, in any country in the world. So Any country. Yeah. You're right. Occam's <clears throat> Razor says it was his wife. It was his wife. We've cracked that case. <laughs> it is more it likely... both of their wives. <laughs> that's right. It was both of their wives. It's a new trend here in America. In fact, that's how they're selling those packages over in Hong Kong. They say, visit America. Uh, we, You can do your, your leave... Uh, come back home with a new husband plan. The guy says, I hate my wife. I want to, or The lady says, I want to kill my husband. Kill and they my go, husband. we have a five-week package. It starts in Europe and it right. ends in if Arizona. You don't, if you don't get him on the Eiffel Tower, you'll get him at the Grand Canyon. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. They're like several attempt points. If you, right. don't, if you get cold feet, we have people standing by to help you with the next point. You can do it at the at the Sphinx. You can do it in the Eiffel Tower. You can do it in the Grand Canyon. We'll get rid of your we husband. We will make Guaranteed. it happen. 79% of the time it works. All right. I think that was, wraps our news. Interesting shit for this week, like always. And then one more interesting news thing on uh, this week. It's not in so much of like news news. It was a little documentary thing on Vice uh, that I know, I know you happen to see it, but it was this kid... This, this out of, uh, I mean, I'm sure he's in his 20s because he's out of college, has a bunch of student loan debt, and he's working, and he's just chiseling away at it, and he knows that in 20 years that that number is still going to be there, and uh, he decides he decided to smuggle cocaine from Honduras into Florida, or not into Florida, but just into America to, you know, pay off his student loan debts. How do you feel about that? Do you think that one's short-sighted? Yeah, it's pretty short-sighted. Yeah. Do you think he should have just laid in bed for two months for the nineteen thousand? <laughs> if only that option was available to him. I mean, it is. He just learned. He can as you know. You can learn. Do a little Rosetta Stone. Learn up on his. Based German. on what I know about him now, I don't even think he'd be qualified for that. Yeah, uh, he was. What was this a fifteen-minute Vice? It was like yeah, a little Vice documentary. I Vice think it was like a full episode of something, but they cut out the commercials, so it was just a smooth two, like fifteen minutes. Um, it's. Uh, yeah, dude, this it was you know what this was? It was a glimpse into white kid delusion. It's this kid cuz he talk you look at him and it's this kid uh, that grew up super Christian, just sheltered from the world, even said in there he's like, "I was I grew up and I was in a Christian family and went to youth group and then I went to college. I didn't even do any drinking and drugging until I was in college and uh, then I fucked my first girl and my world was open." And uh, but that's, you know, he's saying that's when he even started doing anything. And you know his idea of, like, partying was not, you know... You're not like these real guys that have been out there in the fucking trenches. This guy doesn't know about this shit, <laughs> right? This guy doesn't know about what the he's fuck never, he's talking he's about. He's never dipped his a pipe cleaner in cocaine and stuffed it down his dick hole. Right. He's just lame-ass Christian kid. Yeah, right. But he at one point he did say he after he graduated he had this huge debt and he went down to Honduras... For some other reason, but just saw the difference in price from and the quality of this Honduran cocaine or this cocaine that they have down there, and then what it is there. So he hatched his plan, dude. He like looks up. He just googles like how to smuggle cocaine, how to eat cocaine, like just the most blatant shit he possibly could on the internet. And uh, but then he did it. You know, he went down there to and he put it in these the fingers of gloves and he wrapped it up. And he swallowed it. And that's like just him being removed from reality and just seeing that on movies and like reading it and stuff and being like, people do that. And it's like, and then he's like, that's what I'll do. I'll make a quick buck to pay off my student loan debt. But he, it seemed like he didn't have, he ate it all, made it through security, all that stuff, made it into America. 
And then when he was here in America, he, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, when he was here in America, it seemed like he had no real backup plan. Like, you think he would take, like, Epicac or something to puke it up or do something, but he just... I think he shit him out. I think that's the I think people thing. keep a piece of... They time on a big string, and they keep him in their mouth. They keep that the end of the string in their mouth, and then they fucking pull them up. Really? Yes. Oh, okay. I think, like, there's much better ways to do it than trying to pass a rubber pellet. Like, that is going to fuck you up. But if it stay, it's all attached to, like, one long thread and you have them all tied on like a string, and you keep it in your cheek the whole time, and then when you finally get there, you pull that son of a bitch out. I think it's a lot. There's a, there are better ways to do it than what he did, because people do that all the time, and they don't get caught. Also, when he gets caught, why does he go, oh, I was in Honduras, and I put it in, and I smuggled it over. Why don't you say you ate it here in America, dude? You ate it here in America. I ate all those gloves. They, they don't have any... You didn't. Why would you tell him you brought it over from somewhere else? That's your problem with his plan. Yeah, he's adding things onto <laughs> his sentence. He's adding things onto his sentence. Yeah, I was a bet, and I swallowed a bunch of them on a bet. If only there was some place that people could get the type of information that could help. Like, you clearly... should have talked to me first. Well, I'm trying <laughs> should have talked to you, because there's a, a lot of stuff, some helpful tips would have kept this fucking idiot from going to jail for two years. Two years. 21 months. For a cool story, bro. What would you do? How much would it cost you? How much could I? do I have to pay you to smuggle... What would you do first? Is your price is your price point? Are we gonna hit that price point for you laying in a bed for two months before uh, swallowing uh, baggies of cocaine? Yeah, that would be before. Yeah, I would do. I would lay in the bed for two months before swallowing. How many? What do you like? He swallowed forty eight baggies with like a couple of grams apiece. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he got real high. I mean, one broke apparently in his stomach. He said he started getting geeked. How many? How many? How many? How many? How many? How many? Yeah, I don't, I don't he was in the ambulance and he told the guy, he's like, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be rude, uh, but we need to get to the hospital now. And the guy, I've never heard of this happening in my fucking life. The guy life. said, I don't sit across the desk from you and tell you how to swallow your fucking bags of cocaine, you fucking idiot. I'll sit down there and vibrate into another existence while I drive my, with no lights on, no sirens. And then they took his blood pressure and the guy was like, yeah, you might want to flick that shit on. We got to get out of here. This kid's about to like explode. It's like, who the fuck would do that, dude? What kind of... I've never heard of an ambulance driver... I think if you're enough of a dildo, though, when the ambulance drivers pull up, they're like, this guy's a fucking do you idiot. See, do you think that... We're not risking getting into an accident for this Being fun. an idiot and, and being a dildo, to me, are two different things. Like, being an idiot doesn't warrant me being a complete jackass to somebody who has just swallowed baggies of cocaine. Hey, don't tell me I had to do my job, asshole. It's like, you know, that's, that's not... A, unless this kid wasn't... doesn't seem like that guy is, like, an asshole. The Christian kid's the kind of kid you're going to be a dick to because they're an asshole. Is different. There's a lot of elements here. You got the idiot, you got the asshole, you right. got the dildo. So which but I don't think he was I, I was don't think Jack Wagon this whole time. Whatever it is, I don't think it warranted that response. I don't think this kid was like, hey motherfucker, step on it. Like I don't think he was being rude. I think he was No, but being... I think when they start asking, like, alright, so what's going on here? I don't really know. I'm a fucking moron. And they were like, You did what? I don't want to say it in front of the cop. But I say none of, nothing here? you're saying is warranting the guy going, Hey, you don't tell me how to do your job. It's like, dude, this kid's terrified out of his fucking head. With I just have a feeling that five minutes could transpire with you and that kid. Right. And you would already be like, this guy is a fucking idiot. Right. But idiot doesn't make me be a jackass to somebody. If in their idiocy, they've caused me to have to like... Right. But if they're also threatening cardiac, cardiac arrest, and like I'm the thing that's going to save their life or not save their life... I'm not going to be a... Like, I'm not going to talk that way to somebody. See, that's Unless altruistic that guy was saving lives, Isaiah, not... And the if, cardiac arrest of an idiot. 
of this magnitude is not that huge of a fucking problem. It's, it's your job. You signed up for that job. People pay you to be a guy that runs people around that are in dire need of your help. And they, unless that guy was rude to you, was being mean, was like, hey, motherfucker, step, like, then you go, yeah, my, sit down. Don't tell me how to do my job. They had to just, this is on the doing your job theory. They've had to put in extra, they do these things that they put into the steering column of like work vehicles to track people on GPS to say, you're not going over to your girlfriend's house to bang this broad. Mm-hmm. You're going back and forth between A and B. Right. They had to add another layer of that because people were not going that far out of route, but like pulling into a parking lot. And sleeping, so they said, all right, well, we got to know when the thing's on or off. Right. And then they had to put another layer in because guys were like, fuck it, I'll just pull into this thing and leave the fucking motor running for two hours. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying, doing your job means something different to a lot of different people. This ambulance driver guy Is clearly it? was a dick. Yes. And didn't give much of a shit about this kid. Obviously. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he does not He does not care. I'm, And what I'm saying is that guy's a piece... In that situation, he's the piece of shit, not the kid that... The kid's an idiot. Being an idiot... I think it's a close tie. I think it's Being a close an idiot tie. doesn't uh, doesn't warrant... I'd have to know who kicked off. Rude, especially when you're facing death uh, very clearly, and you are the thing that's like, dude, that's, that's a huge... When they said I was like, holy fuck, maybe he doesn't remember it because he was in some cocaine-addled delusion... And he's not remembering it correctly. Uh, but if that did happen and perspire that way, th- I would, like, as somebody who would be a superior to that person, I would heavily consider, like, putting him on suspension or something. It's like, you don't fucking talk to people like that in your... If like, I was you that guy, are... if I was that guy that was under threat of being in trouble, I would have said, can you just do me a second, boss? Humor me. Go talk to this fucking guy for, like, five minutes. Yeah. And I feel like he'd come out and be like, all right, you're fine. Fucking guy is a fucking idiot. He's an idiot, but that doesn't mean you can be <laughs> rude to him. <laughs> Greg is talking, he, Greg's, your, your parameters for being completely, do you think we should just kill all the, the dumb people, Greg? No. I that, think that's that, what you're talking about. You want to kill all dumb people. No, because I'm not talking You know who like, else wanted to do I'm that? I'm not talking like Forrest Gump dumb. I'm talking like people that have, are not actually. This kid, I think, was Forrest Gump dumb. That's the exact same kind of dumb. He's the dumb that nothing bad can happen to me. I'm just doing what I'm doing. Ah, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah, I'll eat it. Yeah, I'll do it. There's nothing clandestine behind his actions other than wanting to pay off a student loan debt. I think this kid is that kind of dumb. I think that's exactly the kind of dumb he is. And you want to kill him, is what I'm hearing. You want to kill them all. Adolf Hitler wanted to kill all the people. I'm just saying I'm not all that pissed if the ambulance driver talks mean to him and doesn't drive all that fast. I'm not saying he needs to be killed if it happens. You're saying that you uh, this guy this guy should have thrown it in park and taken a nap in a parking lot I wouldn't and have let had this kid a, die in the back. Wouldn't have had a huge problem with it is all I'm saying. Because you hate dumb people. Other than I don't really like that level of fuel being wasted and idle. For two hours is excessive. Worth more than that kid's life. Get the fuck to the... Maybe you should stomp on it and get the fuck to the I, uh, I'd have to know, hospital. does the corpse have the coke in it still or not? That would change the valuation, I think. Cut him open. Is he still out? Oh, fuck it. Cut him open. Get it out. Let's do a couple bumps, baby. This episode of Road Soda is brought to you by Smuggle Buddy, the number one smuggling app. Download Smuggle Buddy and easily smuggle everything drugs, people, and drugs in people. With Smuggle Buddy, tracking your paraphernalia has never been easier. Know what's on the ground, in the air, and in the toilets at all times. Expense tracking, airfare, supplies like baggies and laxatives, all at your fingertips. I'm a mule, and I risk death every day from a rupturing drug-filled condom in my stomach. The last thing I need is a missed payment from my coyote. 
For mules, Smuggle Buddy is a game changer. Mules can pair with dealers and coyotes, track frequent flyer miles, and with the seamless payment feature, you will have your money before the last baggie hits the toilet water. Thanks, Smuggle Buddy! Smuggle Buddy, your one-stop shop for smuggling solutions. Millennial Book Club. Welcome to Millennial Book Club. Greg, this week's Millennial Book Club was The Dirt. The story of how Motley Crue came to be one of the most notorious rock and roll groups in history was The Dirt. The Netflix original The Dirt. Now, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert up top. Uh, everything we talk about in our book club segments, we just spoil. We're going to talk about openly. So do your homework, and then we won't spoil it for you. And then uh, we'll announce the new Millennial Book Club homework for or assignment at the end of this bit segment. At the end of this segment, Jiminy Christmas, Greg, how, what is your feeling or your connection, your personal connection to... Motley Crue. Minimal. Never, never liked that shit. So you were never hair metal. You were never a never. metal guy. And I'll tell you why. I had an older brother that was six years old. Six years or eight years older than me? Six years older than me. Four years older than me. He was older than me. <laughs> and uh, he was into like metal metal. Right. Like, the good I, stuff. He, well, I hated that shit when I was a kid too. But right. he was very, you know, he was like... He was just so, not to me, he didn't give a shit what I thought about anything, mm -hmm. but he was just so disparaging towards this gay hair metal shit Yes, that it just So you just hated both of them, of me. and then, but your opinion, you hated... I probably hated the real metal worse, because right. I had to like listen to that shit. I was just telling my sister the other day, I slept in bunk beds for a period with him, I had the bottom bunk, and I would wake up, and on the wall, directly what I looked at was this very iconic Metallica poster right. with the, you know the fire guy? It's not like a Metallica thing, but like it was a concert poster or something for Kill Em All. They had this big, huge, like ripped demon guy with horns uh -huh. made out of fire. Made out of fire. Like 50 feet high, and then they had the band all, with their hair all flailing. They were like this big, and the that fire... That sounds like the, you know, the Leuven Brothers did that. <laughs> it's probably, they did steal it from the Leuven Brothers. <laughs> the Leuven sure. Brothers, they built a giant devil out in the middle of a, a rock quarry and set it on fire with gasoline. That is something you should go look up. The Leuven Brothers album cover, Satan is Real. Satan we, is we, Real. We were talking They're about the this. first metal! Because of <laughs> cocaine and rhinestones, he talks about how that's a legit, that's not like a photoshopped... No, they went and they did that. They literally made a thing and set it on fire with all this shit and then stood in front of it. And they are the, the farthest, white they are the farthest thing from a metal band. They are <laughs> a harmonizing brother, like, country music duo. Gospel. And they yes, and they got signed gospel. by a gos a record to do gospel. So like like all the things that they do for the record label have to be in some way gospel. And uh, yeah, they they're out there in their white suits. Very interesting. Yeah, cocaine and rhinestones. So you didn't. Yeah, fuck Motley you, Crue. Fuck I don't Motley ever Crue. give a shit about. It. I, I lump them all together. I don't care about any. It sounds of like it's something deeper. Like Did somebody hurt you, Greg. Like twenty minutes into it, I was like, oh yeah, that's right, Tommy Lee. Was in Motley Crue. I know P Tommy Lee more as a celebrity because he was like dating Pamela Anderson. Yeah. And he had some kind of cachet outside of the band. But I promise you, before this movie, 
I would have been lucky to guess which one of these which stupid bands he was in because I just think they all. But you can so tell hard. me who the drummer of the Monkees is, right? Uh, I, I could guess. I'd have a one in four <laughs> chance because I know some of their names. <laughs> That's also before my time. Uh, but he likes them. What? Who doesn't so like what the band Monkees? At that, uh, people who like who don't like Motley Crue or like Mo- I don't know. I don't know how to say. It. I'm trying to bust your balls on it. Why I want to know what band were you listening to when in 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 the '80s when Motley Crue was out and you were like fuck Motley Crue. So when were they like? They were like late '80s. So I started high school in '89. So we'll say in middle school, definitely like pop music and shit. Like cassette CDs had just come out. So I do remember that I did the Columbia House thing and you get like 15 CDs for a penny. Remember those things? No. It was like a big deal. Like the TV Guide or any magazine in the world. Anyone over 35 for sure. Maybe over 40 for sure. Remembers the Columbia House Record Club. Huh. You selected... They only had a limited selection. Sometimes there'd be like a fold-out. If you got the right one, there'd be like 200 uh, possible CDs you could pick from. You checked them all off. You sent them in for a penny. And that signed you up for the Columbia House Record of the Month Club or CD of the Month Club. Uh-huh. And then... if against your will they would send you it you had to sign a thing go through all these hoops that the new young kids that were signing up for this were not going to do right and then the first one that you got you wouldn't pay for maybe you'd get another one you wouldn't pay for that then they'd start trying to get their 40 bucks for the two cds that you didn't want right and i think everyone i don't they went out of business very quick i think because everyone just said yeah 19 cds for a penny and i'm never paying anything else we can't wrap our mind around your business model we don't know how you're what's going on columbia house v greg mcginnis he's 13 (laughs) Mm mm-hmm are you guys gonna okay. So I my music taste was, I had a CD player. It was like a little, you know how that was, right? Everybody right. had like a little portable tape deck or a CD player. That was a huge deal for me one Christmas. I got that, and I had my twenty Columbia House CDs, and I would buy some here or there, but they were so new, there weren't like this big plethora of used mm-hmm. CD places. So you had to go pay nine bucks you, or twelve bucks for a CD, and that's a lot of money when you're twelve in the eighties. Yeah. And you weren't spending it on Motley Crue. You were spending definitely it on, not. Motley you were Crue. spending it on Michael Jackson. I know. I wish I knew. It was definitely very like top forty radio. So you can see that I, I maybe if like you Michael fell Jackson. in with the wrong, or should I say, the right group of friends, you would have uh, been into Motley Crue. I guess. I certainly don't miss <laughs> it though, because I look back on it now and I just feel like it was so like shitty. There's nothing redeeming about any of that music. It's so. Really? It's lame. It's fucking shitty music. It's weak. There's there's no like <laughs> strong instrumentation. There's no lyrics or anything to it. They dressed up like broads, danced around. It, it sucked. And you can and then watching this fills it in. They literally were just fucked up all the time playing these stupid songs. And I think actually watching this made me feel even worse for him because then you could see like Tommy Lee was just like this suburban dork kid. Right. Nikki Six was whatever the fuck. I I don't know. The only, you know what? This is one of my lasting impressions. I'll, if I ever think of this stupid movie again in like a year, it will be that the guy that played Nikki Six, the actor that played Nikki Six, is I. How would you pronounce that name? Iwan Rion. Yeah. You know who that is? No. He's a, he was a very important character in Game of Thrones. Oh yes, he was. He was the super torture guy that tortured Theon mm-hmm. like brutally. Like that's the only thing I think. Cut his dick off and shit. Everything. Cut his dick off and like beat on him and just like made him his what whatever that. And is. he was he and he played uh, Nikki Mick, Six. No, he played Mick Mars. Oh, you're right. He played Mick Mars. That's he right. He played Mick Mars, the old guy with the bone disease. That's right, dude. That um, do you know who played? It took me a while to realize it, and it wasn't until I, it kind of clicked, but. Uh, Tommy Lee is played by Machine Gun Kelly. 
Who's that? It's a rapper. Okay. And uh, I didn't even. It's this rapper that uh, he's a younger. He's he's younger. He came out maybe in two thousand eleven or twelve. He started getting really big, but uh, in more recent years, it's been. Uh, it's always been kind of a, a back and forth thing with him and Eminem, and now that you know the that Kill Shot song that that came out, like, what's his name at our office was listening to it in the. I used to have the Disney Channel, but I don't anymore, so I'm not oh, sure. Oh, Zing! He's making fun. Everybody, Eminem, Motley Crue, who isn't safe? No one is from, safe. I think Prince isn't, is, is safe. Prince is nice and safe. He's safe and sound now, baby, in a wooden box. Just where Greg likes him. Greg? Painted in some fluorescent color, I'm sure. Yeah, you I, you would know. You got oh, him down there know. in your box. I would know. Painted up. And... Uh, yeah, so let's try to separate your disdain. What would what, okay? You still haven't given me a band that you do like. Uh, you just keep saying top forty. Yeah, yeah you're, I know. Kind of skirting the subject. It was not a memorable period. It was kind of pre-formative for me. Like, what were you listening to in sixth grade, seventh grade? Flogging Molly. <laughs> okay, I, maybe I guess maybe music was not as big of a deal for me in the middle school years. Right. I've always so, felt the same way. I mean, I, music is definitely taking a backseat to. Uh, some things but I mean it did if, for me in high school in high school so I let's think, use high school so I remember a kid giving me a tape he had mm-hmm. double he had copied from CD onto both sides of a tape never mind never mind that was huge that was so huge is that the band or the, the CD Nirvana I'm Nirvana sorry. Nirvana's first the, <laughs> he's going big, inside it's their gotta... first big album they had albums before that okay. were like you know you had to be in Seattle or whatever but never mind was like the, the one with the baby floating in the water right baby dick was yeah. on the cover and they had the dollar on the hook. That was so huge because I was like, what in the fuck am I listening to? And I remember that was the first time I felt like I was ahead of a wave on something. Because just being like suburban, milk toast, Greg, all through middle school. And then you had some little cachet. You I just waited until NBC told me, this is what... That's that feeling, that taste, exactly. that's what creates the hipster, Greg. Exactly. That's, you but get by the, the way, drive. By the way, I don't have like an unhealthy commitment to that type of shit i'm not jonesing to you know be ahead of the curve but that was a time where i went i already know what this is Mm -hmm. and i didn't i wasn't used to that feeling before so but i I wasn't like a huge grunge guy either i loved green day in high school i liked what if the movie was about green day how would you feel are you able to separate the movie from how much from your disdain towards the? well all right so no i can separate it i was just kind of giving first thoughts which are i just really have contempt you hate the band i have contempt for that whole genre of like right spandex hairband music you know what i mean bon jovi I think it's a lot actually, of fun i think that would be i think bon jovi actually <laughs> was not a bad band and that probably in my middle school years they were big yeah and i was like eh, whatever you know it's not oh yeah musically he was brilliant bon jovi i mean i don't know if i'd go that far but it was you know it was pop music. a lot more than anybody else you can you know definitely more than motley crew that I feel like Motley Crue is like the bottom of the barrel. There's like four or five bands. You Motley Crue, Poison, Rat. You don't think Vinny has a killer voice? No. You don't? I don't think he has a, an exceptional voice I do. anyway. I think he does. Alright. I, I, I couldn't... Uh, I don't know. I guess I don't have like a real... <clears throat> maybe he does have a good... I guess you can't be in a band unless you've got some level he, of I mean, there talent. are some... That's part of like their whole aura is kind of the guy sings a little different, a little off. But More like were, a female, like to a, be fair. I mean, he, but not. I'm not talking about him particularly. I mean, singing in falsetto is something that's really common with the guys, but and it usually does really well. Like Michael Jackson sings very falsetto, and so does Prince, and all those guys sing up in a higher register. Right. But um, 
as far as like there are some bands like it's like their thing that sounds shitty and that that's what makes them they don't have to be good it's just different and it sounds good with what they're doing but as far as just actual textbook like this guy's hitting notes holding notes He's fucking loud. He's killing it. Like, that guy's got a great fucking so voice. So are you a fan of Motley Crue's music or just Vince Neil's, like, vocal talent? I wouldn't... I would say it's not music that I generally listen to, but I definitely get that they're... They know what the fuck they're doing. Like, time, like all those guys are good musicians. So you're on the radio dial, which I know is kind of right. a weird thing, because who's on a fucking radio dial now in 2019? <laughs> you're pressing the thing, and Dr. Feelgood comes on, and maybe it's, like, in the beginning of the song... Are you hitting the button again to go to the next song? Or are you stopping? It depends on what I've already, what's already going on. Okay. It depends on what I'm doing. I'm like, like 99.9. If I'm, if I'm going somewhere, getting pumped, like on my way to do something, like trying to gear up, maybe leave on a little, you know, it's a beautiful day, windows down. Doctor, feel good. Fucking why not? You know, I might. It, it also depends on what else was on there. I don't have an aversion to it. And I think... That, that comes, is the song, by the way. Is there any other Motley Crue song that you could... Oh, dude, the, that whole movie was littered with them. Same old situation, I guess I've heard that. Uh, Same old. But yeah. I'm like, it's it's more like the only time I would ever think of it is like to rag on someone. Right. Let me pull a Motley Crue line so I can I think rag the band for you has a lot more tie into your life outside of just the music and what they did because it was happening at that time. You had people involved in your life that hadn't uh, uh, had... A connection, whether it was them saying, this sucks, or people liking it you didn't like, whatever it was, has a lot more tie-in than me, who is like... It's probably fair to say. Outside of everything, I'm looking at them as just this fucking band that's doing music, and nobody gets to that level that sucks. Like, I hate Justin Bieber, but he's a fucking amazing vocalist, or he wouldn't be where he is. Like, if he couldn't fucking do that. Um, But yeah, I think the movie itself, for me, if I'm looking at it as just a movie, sort of... Uh, let's just take away the subject. How is this shot? I thought it was... It was entertaining, but they did this breaking the fourth wall, let's talk to the screen thing, and I think they let that happen too late in the film. Like, I think by the time that final... They should have... Well, it's kind of narrated throughout, though. And then they also did the breaking the fourth wall, literally, with the guy... Would yeah, the guy the would turn. I They should have done that right at the beginning so that we all know that's what we're in for. Like, it's when he was holding it, it's almost like they got to a part, like, they went back and they looked at the whole movie, they're like, we didn't fucking add in, what's his name? How are we going to fix this? Make it a break the fourth wall thing, and we'll, we'll shoot a couple shots. It just well, wasn't seemed, it kind of narrated, though, from the beginning? By it was, specific... but that, there's a difference. It's still, like, a division between the narrator and the people that are, it's like, am I flying the wall watching this, or are these people reenacting what's happening? Like, there's a whole weird dynamic that you try to get in on this idea that they're leading you on. And if that's how they wanted to do it, it just seemed, it, whether it was or not, it seemed like an afterthought. It seemed like they just kind of threw it in after the fact or like it really wasn't planned out. Uh, just because the idea was that we were just watching these people do this thing mm-hmm. and it was all the characters were narrating. But it sounded like them now narrating what happened back then. But then having them break right in the actual story that you're watching was just weird to happen I had bigger problems with the movie than that. That's like a subtlety. That that's just yeah, and that's just a mechanics thing. Like I just my, my on... issue with the movie was was just in general. I just didn't think it was planned out well enough, and I don't think they put emphasis properly. Like I feel like if it was a a paragraph they were reading, they were putting the emphasis on all of the wrong shit. Right. The whole time, and it never okay landed yeah. right for me at all. And I. And to be fair, I've just told you I don't really care for Motley right. Crue at all. But I, I'm always interested in biography. That's like, you know, why not look at something? Like we just said, that was kind of happened at a big time for me when I was a kid. Yeah. 
I was just thinking about it, by the way. The schism kind of was, because as you were talking, I was like, maybe that is a bigger deal that I'm not giving enough credit to. And really, there was like the grunge. Mm -hmm. Like, alternative is, is the t term that gets thrown around now, but at some point, it was kind of a, a stronger identification, like yeah. late 80s, early 90s. So there was like the grunge and like the heavy stuff, or like the Pearl Jam, you know, more like the philosopher rockers. Yeah, versus like, like SLC punk shit, right? Yes, mm -hmm. right. It's, it's more serious and heavy. But then there was also like, if you're going to listen to like straight up rock, there was more kids like from where I was at, my generation, that would just go back to like straight up classic rock. Like why would we listen to Quiet Riot? If mm -hmm. we're not into the Nirvana Pearl Jam shit, why would we listen to Quiet Riot or fucking a dude with long... We'll listen to the fucking Almond Brothers or Steve right. Miller or shit. So there was like the grunge alternative factions, the just the straight up rock factions that would do literal stuff, you know, 70s and 80s stuff. And there weren't a lot of people that were huge into this, you know. Guns N' Roses, I feel like, for me personally anyway, almost kind of broke out of, almost got the, almost crossed over into something a little bit better where I could maybe say, I, I was not a Guns N' Roses fan either, but I would put them not head and shoulders above, but like head above mm -hmm. Poison, Rat, Motley Crue, definitely Motley Scorpion. Crue. Motley Crue was... I'm mean, a Kiss. You a Kiss fan? That's kind of earlier era. But the Scorpions were maybe in that era, and I'd probably put them above Motley Crue because they were trying to do something, I think. Mm -hmm. was Hair like, Metal Man. Rock on! I just, I think Motley Crue was the epitome of, like, new kids on the block with, like, loud guitars. Right. That's what they were. They were fucking nuts, man. Are you sick and tired of your wife nagging you? Be sick no more. With new Russian wife, you won't understand what she's saying. Here in Russia, we have a surplus and we offer high quality wife for you. Very obedient. Women in Russia practically want to be beat. Log on and select from our wide variety of tall blonde Russian wives. And within seven days, you could be enjoying hot borscht in your spotless home. Go to www.russianwifesurplus.com today. A popco brand. And I think, yeah, I think the movie kept wanting to touch on all these things, kept wanting to show us these things, but there was too much that they needed to cram into an hour and a half, and they were making like leaps and bounds, and I think we didn't get a good story out of it because they wanted to cram so much in. And so it just kind of left things like moving around like too disjointed like moving around throughout the film it made me think more about because we had just been talking last week about the importance of editing and how nobody really realizes you know generally how important the editing is but i wonder maybe this thing was shot fucking awesome and they got it all in there but then when it gets cut down they're like right this is what we got and it's kind of disjointed and then they you know the notes come back and they have to touch some bases and maybe that's why that the fourth wall breaking comes in later but they maybe. cut all the earlier ones out I always like to, you know, if a movie makes me start thinking about too much of that shit when I'm watching it, though, I think that's a sign of bad editing, where I'm like, right. oh, I feel bad. Like, I wonder who fucked this up, the director or the editor or the fucking yeah. camera guys or, the, or just the actors not doing you it. You just want to be completely, forget that you're watching a movie, you're yeah. in the story, the story has taken me away, it's visually pleasing. Um, and, but it, it's it was, like, like Schindler's List, for example. No one's watching Schindler's List going, I, I wonder how many takes which, it took him to what, get that yeah. shooting scene down. Like, you're just into it. it. Yeah. That's not fair, because that's such a heavy topic, but... It's much different. This is more of like a... Uh, it's not a mockumentary. It's not a documentary, but it's a... Um, it was based on a book written by the band, right? Written by the band, yeah. So it's just, you know, it is, it is in a way a bio flick. 
It's like a bio, yeah. And um, I think it's, if you are a fan of them, you're going to love the movie a lot more because I think it was represented in a really good mm-hmm. way. The, the actors, I want to say, I started looking up some of the pictures and at the end of the movie, they actually started showing uh, some of the things they shot that were just like the ones like, man, they got great guys. I don't know if that actor was actually doing the singing. I think he was. I think he was doing the singing um, for uh, for Vinny. Like, I think he really was. But um, I think they, you know, people are going to really enjoy it. Because it was fun. Even How about for the non-fans? How about for the non-Motley fans? I had fun watching it, but I'm not going to, like, recommend it to people. I wouldn't say it's good. You had fun watching it? Yeah, because it was just like... You wanted to see what was coming up next, so what was the fun part about it? I watched the whole thing. And the fun part was it's sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and who the fuck isn't going to want to watch that shit? Like, I want to see... Not only that, but it's... I'm always... I... I know looking at it that it's not well shot. I know it's the editing's like shit's whatever. I'm actually really happy with how the actors did. I think they did well. Um, it was interesting watching Machine Gun Kelly. So I was very intrigued with the whole thing, and I want to watch what's going on. And um, it's in, inspiring to me. I love stories of people doing something that they love doing and it working out. However they handle it at the end, these people go off the fucking rails and start snoring coke off people's asses. I don't give a shit. But the fact that they were there doing it and they got their break, yeah, it's a dog shit movie. It was, there's a million movies in that same vein. It's a dog shit movie. It's a dog shit movie. There's a million movies shot in that same vein. But I know that this is a true story and this really happened. And, and, and it's still, I love, it, it's inspiring to me just to watch it because I'm moving all that bullshit aside because I just love that story. That story trope to me is like one of my favorites and um so yeah i i just enjoy it's it america you can be anything be you anything. want to be you want to dress like woman but fuck woman you good <laughs> motley crew motley crew i love the idea by the way of the table they had in the restaurant where you could just sit down and get your dick sucked and you know good. that that was something that, that definitely happened. really fucking happened because even if it just happened people. once because it's their book right so right. that comes up they're like all right we're not going to talk so much about the crying stuff but the dick sucking table, that's going to come up five times. Of at least. course. And I, you know, it was like all the people that were around, like, like the manager and the guy that signed him all that stuff. Like, that was stories they were telling about. You can, you know, that they would be at some dinner party and be like, oh, Motley Crew, they're nuts. They had a table. Every time you sat down at it, you just get your dick sucked. It'd be some broad under the table. Yeah. You know that that's something they were like, they oh, would yeah. use as a point of like, they're uh, fucking crazy. crazy. They're cra- how crazy? They bring a table. Dick suck tables. That's how crazy. <laughs> I think it was funny to the, to me, by the way. I realized that after I watched it that Ozzy was in the movie for like 10 seconds. I lo- whoever acted as him was fucking great. It, I, I did you it even good. know it was Ozzy at first, though? Yeah. You did? Yeah. I, the first introduction I thought we had to him. Maybe I missed it. Because the, they said that he's on tour with with Ozzy and then okay. immediately cut to the pool where, where they're sitting there and then he comes out and I was like holy shit so I must have missed that Ozzie? line because it took me a minute to figure out who it was and then once I saw like the he gets up top and starts uh, philosophizing to him about how life on a tour is I went okay and then when he pisses and laps up his own piss and snorts ants which ended up being their album cover right. the, the cover for this movie yeah. is Ozzy snorting up ants I was like that's kind of a weird choice I think to for put, Ozzy, it's not. No, no, it's a weird <laughs> choice to put that on the front of the movie when he's in it for like five seconds. Yeah, I think it was just, it was one of those things like, you never know what's going to be your favorite little thing. And you know when they shot the whole movie and they got that, like it just, the way it looked, the way it came out, how insane it was, no one's ever fucking, like that's so nuts. The, just the shot of this guy snoring ants. 
yeah, it doesn't have everything to do with the uh, the movie itself, but it's still just one. It looks really fucking insane, and you want to put it up there because it just looks cool. Also, I think Netflix rotates covers to keep people like coming back or keep people that haven't watched it before to maybe look, take a second look. Oh, so you at don't it. think that'll be the cover? In and another week or two, I think it'll be a different cover because when it came out, it was it said the dirt with all them standing up, and it's already changed to this one. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't realize that. So yeah, I learned something here today. You didn't know that Netflix rotates covers. They'll yeah, they'll they'll update even for stand up comedy. They'll change the um, the photo in the front because I think it just gives people another it makes it seem glance. like it's new. They're like, oh, I mean, whereas before they were like, no, nah, I'm not watching that. And then they'll look at it again. They might actually watch it. So I think all those movies have multiple covers. Anyway. I loved it. Yeah, when I saw him coming out, I was like, oh, here he is. Who's playing this guy? Who's I was so enthralled to see how he was doing it. And I was a lot of fun. I thought that was cool. Are you? What about an Aussie? Are you a Prince of fucking Darkness fan? Uh, you know, Black Sabbath was a little before my time. but And, and I don't think like I was going to appreciate any like old rock lore that I was going to get from that movie because I just wasn't in a place where I liked the movie. Mm-hmm. I, so I wanted to hate it the whole time I think yeah. and it made it easy. It's fucking stupid so, movie. And, and I mean, you know, those stories and like the things that have happened, I've heard so many things about them and the sources that I will appreciate and this was one where I was like, oh fuck, you don't bring Ozzy into this fucking stupid movie. You gotta yet. bring Ozzy because if it wasn't for Ozzy, Motley Crue is just such a huge part of their story. I think know? if I was going to sum this whole movie up, it would be in the car crash where Vince Neil kills that dude from the other band. Yeah. They did such a poor job of making it emotional, making it emotional, making people give a shit. They just literally, there was like three bullet points, like car crash, he pounds on a wall, show him in handcuffs, then he comes back and yells at the band. And they literally did that whole thing in like 35 seconds. And then they were just back rocking again. All right. That coke on that hooker's ass. Take three. And I just said, (laughs) but I, but I said, that's really shitty. But at the same time, it kind of went with the rest of the movie, which was kind of shit. Yeah, the whole thing seemed rushed. If you're into Motley Crue, you might like the movie. You're going to have fun with it. Yeah. It's not a, the best biopic ever fucking made. But as far as it's a movie, yeah, it was rushed. There was too much they needed to cram in. and uh, But it was fun, and it's going to be fun for people who like Motley Crue or hair metal or... Like I, I, when or I, Game of Fans Game Completist. Of Thrones, Game of Thrones. Game of Fans. Game of Thrones Completist. Have to watch it because... Whoever that, what the hell was that guy's name? I started looking up and I got, you know the guy, the most evil. I think guy. his name starts with like an R in the Roscoe. No, man, Rufus. My, my wife said it too. <laughs> my wife told me what his name was, and I was like, yeah, that's absolutely it. But my wife is a psycho about Game of Thrones. You of know what course. she says to me every year before the next Game of Thrones season comes on? She goes, "We should watch them all from the first one to the last one." And I'm like, I'm not fucking uh, doing time. that. She's I done it like twice though. Yeah. So like after like season four, she watched them all. Then season five, she went back and watched them all to get build up to it. Dude, and she, people, I, she's not the only one. I, I got, I know a, she is. There's hordes of people that do that. They're just diehards. It's so weird to me because she doesn't watch a lot of anything. Like I'll put a movie on, she's seen like the first thirty minutes of like everything, hundreds of movies, uh-huh. n- no endings at all. No, never knows. No, but this, she's just The Bachelor. She'll watch until it gets. If it's in real time, she'll watch it. But now everything's time shift, so she'll be in line at the grocery store. It just happened for her this year. We were watching The Bachelor. She wanted me to watch The Bachelor, so we're watching like the first three, but we're way behind. It's like already over. Uh-huh. And uh, she was in line at the fucking grocery store, and she was like, I fucking know who won now. I have no interest in the last It's 12. on the magazine? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she Spoiler alert. She, has, like, she just has no whatever, but like the Lord of the Rings movies, holy shit. And I've told you those Harry Potter movies. Yeah. There was nothing cinematically longer than a Harry Potter movie 
on like a on a TV, cape, yeah, on a, a show with the commercials because it's like <laughs> seven and a half hours. They're like, how are we gonna kill? Oh, that's how the, that's how the TV programmer guy gets his like Saturdays. He goes, I ah, just put on. I gotta take that weekend off. Yeah, Harry Potter marathon. We'll put three of them on. It'll be Monday morning before the Monday morning. Yep, dude, it is. uh, You're right. And but when it's good, it's good. You know, there's a lot. I can't do that. There's a lot of people that I know that do that with Game of Thrones, but not just that. It's. Did you ever watch? So you watched Game of Thrones up up to season four or five, and then it was like, and then there was another season was coming out, and I think I left to hike the Appalachian Trail or do something. Or so you don't think you'll pick it back up. I think we had this once it's over. It's those one of those things. It's like when things end. That's when I prefer to jump on it. Like I started watching Preacher, which is huge for me because Preacher's on AMC. Yeah, and uh, it's what I read directly after Why the Last Man. Uh, do you remember in Why the Last Man? I'm pretty sure I told you this. In Why the Last Man, uh, he has he has this lighter. Yeah, you remember that? Yeah, just says fuck communism. So that lighter was originally from... It's like a classic Bic... Uh, Zip. Zippo. Zippo. Yeah, right. it's a Zippo and it's got... It's just stainless steel and it's got uh, fuck communism. Uh, is, this, is this got... It doesn't have any juice. Oh. It needs. I think it needs flint and juice. I used to be able to... Uh... He, he do the, He's snapping. He's showing... He was a Marlboro man. You snap though, pop it. That's a, It's a fun little trick. Wait. Ah, can't do it. It's impossible. Nobody can do it, Greg. Uh, so... In that movie, or in Why the Last Man, the comic book that you read, he had that lighter, and he, at one point, one of the characters goes, where did you, uh, what's that lighter from? And he goes, there you go. He goes, where'd you get the, that lighter? And he goes, that is, uh, it's from a comic that I read as a kid. Why and that, Why? And this is, we're talking about Why the Last Man, and the comic that he read as a kid was Preacher. And Preacher was, a, it was in the same company produced there, or made that comic, and it ended just as Why the Last Man started, but the guy who wrote it was just really inspired by Preacher. Well, they turned it into a TV show, and I started watching it all the way up to, like, the last episode of, like, the newest season. I think they're on season three. I only, and it's not that I don't want to watch it, and that I am going to watch it, and I'm going to fucking tear through it. But I hate being caught up to something and then being at the whim of them being like, ah, no, season three is going to come out two years from now. And, mm-hmm. Ah, you know. It's like, dude, that is maddening. I want it all. And we've been spoiled with this Netflix See, I shit, kind dude. of like it, though. That's something I, I, I can totally see where you're coming from with that. But I also kind of like the duality of it. Because, like, for example, with Lost, we got, like, the first three seasons of Lost and then we ended up, like, in real time... There was one episode in like season four where we just caught up and then we had to watch them week by week. So I got to have the, the both sides of it to like just be able to sit there and burn through them mm-hmm. or have to wait Thursday to Thursday. Same thing happened with, with Mad Men. We got into Mad Men like yeah. season two or something like that. And then, and then you get through and then you get caught up. And then there is something to say about waiting on it. It stretches it out. You get to have it stretched over longer. And you, Well, now there's turns. a new thing. Now there's a new thing. It's called the Netflix holdover. Like with Better Call Saul. What? You, you you know what I'm saying with that? Uh, no. So Better Call Saul comes out on AMC, and then the next, you know, once season one's wrapped, they get ready to do season two, they throw season one up on Netflix. Uh-huh. So you can Netflix the whole thing, you're just one season behind. Right. So if you don't talk to the people that are watching... It's, you it's just... turning the planet into factions. <laughs> there's holdovers, and there's bingers. Montana is kind of <laughs> turning into the Netflix, Netflix bingers. <laughs> you know what I think, too? All right, very, very, very last thought. How many times in this movie do they walk into a room and just grab a fifth of Jack Daniels out of someone's hand and just start drinking it? Are you fucking kidding me? That was in the book. (laughs) 
I think that's Every, like a blowjob table. Enter. Maybe happened once. Nikki Six. And it enter. Gets I don't think the blowjob table happened once. I definitely think that was like. Yeah, you're right. I think that they was probably had no yeah. shortage of honestly, that to get under the table. I think the Jack Daniels thing was no shortage. Yeah, they're probably this movie was sponsored, but I, I'm sure there was just always a fifth of Jack Daniels. Well, then I hope to get to that level of whatever field I'm in that I can just walk into a room and aggressively grab a fifth of Jack Daniels out of someone's hand and just start sucking on it. Yeah, and then and they're just cool with it. They're like, "That's him." Hey, man, what are you gonna do? How it's much money? Let me just give you more money. <laughs> yeah. So I would say watch it if it's there. Greg is saying go ride a bike to a record store and set it on fire yeah. just on that off chance that there might be a Motley Crue something in there, fan or otherwise. Um, so next week's assignment is The Highway Man. Highway Man with Harrelson Woodrow. And uh, Woody Harrelson is in that. It's a Netflix original, so that's what Millennial Book Club is. We just pick Netflix originals. And... Uh, you watch it over the week, and if you want to be a part of the conversation, write in your thoughts about The Highwayman to us, and then we'll read it on air. If you've noticed, we've never read, we say that every episode, we've never read anyone's thoughts on the Millennial Book Club segment on air. It's because none of you assholes write us about it. <laughs> we would even be stoked to hear, because uh, we, we actually have heard it, not necessarily like uh, we've gotten it through this channel, but we've heard people say, hey, thanks for telling me. I thought that movie would suck. Right. Glad I didn't watch it. Yes. I yeah. can definitely say Jeff, uh, our Nelly of Jeff and Nelly, she said that about Roma. That yeah. was her, she did write in about it. Even that, that is great. She, uh, I believe we did mention it. Did we mention that she wrote in and she said, uh, you know, I felt, I thought I would feel that way about. That's right. It, we and did I, mention yeah. her review of it because she said, Thanks for helping make the decision. I right. wasn't going to watch it. Sounds like she wasn't going to watch it. Wasn't anyway. going to watch it anyway. So we're helping you out. We're yeah. making you become. Uh, you now we watch the movies, so you don't have to doing the dirty work. Doing the dirty work. Emptying out your queue, staying ahead of it. You're welcome. But even if you watched a movie, watched one of these movies a while ago, or uh, it's a movie we've already done, and you're like, I still want to say something about it. Go ahead and write about it to us, and then we'll read it on air and we'll discuss your thoughts on it. That would be a lot of fun. So. Uh, our email is roadsodamail at gmail.com. Love hearing from you guys. Watch The Highway Man with Woody Harrelson for episode, uh, for the next episode, which will be episode 84. Welcome to Dark Web MD. Medical knowledge your doctor won't tell you about. One time I was delivering pizza to a house and the next thing I knew, I woke up sewed anus to mouth with my three friends. Luckily I was at the front and didn't have to eat poop and was also able to comfortably access Dark Web MD to find out more about my symptoms. Dark Web MD gives complete access to archives of information to help with everything from at-home tumor removal to the actual value of an arm and a leg. Sick of losing to your tennis partner? Send them polio. That's right, Dark Web MD won't only help identify ailments, we will sell them to you. Dark Web MD, where you go when they say there's no cure. So, this is a song I came across. I told you... I've been listening to Cocaine and Rhinestones for a little while. I don't yeah. know why, but I'm going down this like country music. Like I've never gotten into country music anywhere near like I have been for the last month. Connecting to your roots. Well, it kind of is, right? Because I've told you 
that my mother's family comes from rural Maine. Right. Like fucking rural fucking... I think you may have told me that, but I don't And I want to... Thank you, because I want to give you the quick backstory. My mom's dad was a very rural country guy. I think uh, you're making it sound like they were outside of the rest of pe- everyone else in Maine. Everybody in Maine is true. rural country. But I don't think people... Yes, All right. 15 people in you're Maine. You're absolutely right. So after World War II, his dad built a mobile home for them out of wood. I know I told you this a long time back. I do remember, and then I asked... Built like with beds and tables, the whole fucking nine yards. He built a trailer with like... A chassis on the bottom where there's wheels. And once it was done, he decided Portland was too hot in World War II. Like, the Germans were going to come take Portland, Maine. It was like a stronghold or something. He said it wasn't safe. And so after World War II... Or was that like a genuine fear? Or do you think that was just like a... Who, who, never... can, who can say? I got that from my grandfather, so right. maybe. But I can tell you this. He did take the family out of... He was like the maintenance manager for the building they lived in. And they moved out into the sticks of Scarborough, like another 20 minutes out. They put this thing in a trailer park. It was wood, so they made him put it in the back. Mm-hmm. But it was like legit. My grandfather. Was he like, was. <laughs> my grandfather was like, this thing was, looked like it could have been like made in a factory or something. Really? You know? But they it still was, were like, get that shit in the back. All the all the pretty trailers are up wood. front. It was wood. They were like, we want the metal streamline, you know, metal prefab shit up front. Right. Uh, so I just I've always been really impressed with that. But they were super hicks. Um, I've never heard of pe- people. I've heard of people building their own house, but never their own mobile home i never have either dude so he started he got a job for the railroad at some point and he actually moved this is my grandfather's father the guy that built the trailer he got a job with the bangor or the aroostock railroad or whatever it was called the aroostock's way way north where he actually lived on a railroad car and they pulled it around him and the team and they fixed shit on the track or they fixed other rail cars or Mm -hmm. whatever and so he he moved out of it after like i don't know in the first 10 years but my grandfather was I want to say like seven or eight at the time when they built this and they moved the trailer park out. He graduated high school. They were still living in this wood trailer. Wow. His sister was still there. Then his sister and him moved out when they, you know, he went into the Coast Guard after high school. She just got married and got out of there. The father's, you know, cruising up and down in the rail car thing. So just the mother was living in it from like the 50s to whatever. She lived in that wooden trailer from like the end of World War II to like the early 70s when the old man finally bought her a metal one so to move <laughs> to the front of the yard you move to the front of the trailer park dude we're talking chemical toilet mm-hmm. all the stuff folded out and the cabinets and everything were all like super space uh, friendly and ergonomic and all that shit but chemical toilet for like 25 years it sounds like the so name fucking cold up there sounds like the name of a band or a podcast what? chemical toilet chemical toilet <laughs> you just imagine every time you shit or piss very soon after, you're going to have to take that out. And in the fucking winter of Maine, for 30 years, in entwining freezing cold, like outdoor freezing cold, not just like, wow, it's really cold sitting over this toilet water. Mm-hmm. You have to literally go outside in snow and like consider shoveling. Like, do I really want to take a shit because I don't have to shovel my way to wherever? I don't even know what you do with it. You just I, let I it out. There's a level of... A difficulty that those they were almost like pioneers to me when I when I, I didn't learn this story until I was like in my 20s I was talking to my grandfather about it and I was like I knew he was a hick mm-hmm. because he was always a hick he always was trying to play not like he wasn't a guitarist he was like a country picker guy he liked mm-hmm. like a Johnny Cash song something with just that super little yeah he loved the thump and he just loved all that shit the super uh, just backwoods stuff so I think 
maybe that touched a chord in me, so now I get a little nostalgic. I can listen to that shit. So for, for whatever reason, I'm on this country music jag, and uh, you know, there's a big chunk of country music that involves trucking. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, just for obvious reasons, right? But some that you might not know. Now, we're in a job where we kind of deal with truckers. I've been doing it for like five years, so trucking is like... It's, it's always in my peripheral, at least, unless it's directly in my view. Like, I'm always kind of thinking about it. Right when you're driving down the highway, you're always just, your eyes getting caught with who's that trucking company, or what is that truck, or like, what what do they have for, what, what's the oh, situation, yeah. right? Well, you never you gave would, a shit for all kinds never, of years. No, now, now everything is... Can't uh, even drive by one without knowing. Nope. Now it's a different, it's a, it's a different eye, a different life. Yeah. And uh, so... I, what I do know about truck drivers, something I didn't know uh, prior to the business, is that you hear country songs all the time where they're talking about how they have to get there and they're getting pushed and they're getting squeezed and they got to speed and they got to take drugs to keep going or whatever. But I definitely know firsthand now that these dudes are pushed mercilessly. They are. Mm-hmm. They literally just had to set up these laws in the beginning of last year to make to put the internet in trucks because there were so many guys even though they have laws set to how many hours you can drive a week, they had to put the internet in the truck and say, you guys got to stop this because people are driving off bridges, slamming into shit, or just taking drugs, and they're like human zombies for just ever. Yeah. The yeah. amount of hours legally that they're allowed to drive is still, it's uh, it's over 60 per week. Right, right. That's legally. So they had to make laws to stop them from doing more, more than, than that. More than that, yeah. Because they, what they would do is they would cook the books. They'd have two different log books. And then you'd write some hours in one and some in the other, and then, uh, you know, it looks like you've that's only a, been driving. That's for, a lot of hours to drive. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to be sitting anyway. It's like, it's just the nature of America, I think, is that whatever you do for work, if you're a clerk at 7 Eleven, they're like, you got to get all that shit on the shelf, Tommy. Then you're going to get back and do this. Then you got to go, go, go. When your job is driving and it's just go, 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 it's just that one thing. I mean, it's something that we can all relate to because we've all been on a car trip and driven too many hours. And you just feel so sucked out, right? Yeah. You drive 10 or 12 hours and you're like, I just want to get there. You're not even like in it's, a... It's because it's a level of focus that you have to have. You know, you're you're barreling down a road at 80 miles an hour in a 2,000-pound car. Like you, yeah. There's a part of you that's constantly focusing, and that's just draining. You know, I'm glad you said that, actually, because I feel like what's so draining about flying, it's very similar with driving. People don't like to talk about this shit, especially the people that fly the most, like business travelers that are like... Oh, your body, at some level, some primordial level, knows what the fuck are we doing six miles in the air. Right. This thing weighs, I don't know how much a plane weighs, a lot. It shouldn't be it's in the air. It's a bunch. <laughs> so your brain in the background, you're making you know fists with your toes like Bruce Willis said, or you're reading, or you're listening to something on your $800 headset or whatever the fuck there was. Mm-hmm. But your body is like, we should be dying. We Man. could die at any moment. And you could die at any moment. They always love to say it's safer than any other type of trap. It is until it isn't. And then right. your percentage goes to fucking zero. It's so fucking negative zero. You also get blasted with a boatload of uh, radiation too when you because you're so flight. high up and you're like through the up yeah. higher into the exactly yeah yeah. Well, yeah, I think like one one cross country flight is equal to like just I don't know how much radiation that you get from like an X ray or something. Like four solid minutes of X rays and new balls is what I've heard. Yeah, just direct con- just contact. Bam. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then also you're in a plane with like the recycled air and all these people coughing and you know there's something about just getting squeezed with humanity. It ain't like right. There's a lot of bad things about flying, but I think the thing that you mentioned with driving is that the level of focus is there, but then that background part of your brain is like, 
we're in a 4,000 pound thing doing X number of miles per hour. There's cars all over the place. You're driving by trucks. You're driving by other cars. There's weather. It beats on you on that on that level where you death, know death is but a. It's like that Bill Burr joke, you know. You got your hand on the steering wheel. And he's got the hand up at like twelve o'clock. Here, you're just a normal guy driving down, and then he's like here, and he puts his hand over at three o'clock. You're on the morning news. Oh, it's a massacre! <laughs> right? <laughs> it's fucking so true. Yeah. So now picture that's your job is to just drive, and then on some level, people are like it's the easiest fucking thing in the world. That's so easy, but the hard part of it is. All these things we were just talking about, nonstop, right. and people go, go, go. It's like, I'm, trying, I'm driving from A to B. It's a certain amount of miles. This is how long I need. Guess what? Ain't going to happen, Rodney. You need to get there seven hours early. All right, well, I'll piss in a jar. P- yeah, they piss in a jug, and they hurl it out the window. They, they hurl it out the, the window. Bag. And then they get there that one time, and they're like, well, that was kind of a, that was tough. All right, now you need to get that shit going, because you got to get back the other way. And they're like, whoa. And then like five years down the road, you divorced. Your fucking life is just totally in a mess because you're always living in that half awake. Trucker till I die. Half awake, half sleep thing, you know? And so now combine that, I think we can agree with, with truckers being just, you know, mentally and physically abused by the pressure that is put on them to do it. Not to mention it's their job. Every mile you drive. Right. Right? It's not it's like... It's the only way you make money. It's the only way you make money. And that's, Wheels got to be spinning. More more spinning, more money. So, mm-hmm. of course, that's also your thing. you got kids, you got a wife, you got an ex-wife, whatever. You need to be making the money. Now, put this into play with... In America, trucking is a very big job. Like it's, The number one. It's the number one job. And, in fact, in 29 states of 50, it is the job held by most people. Like, when people list, what do I do for work... Mm-hmm. The number one response in 29 or 50 states is truck driver. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. fucking insane. It's like... And then right I below saw, that is Walmart. Right below that is Walmart. I'm not joking. Maybe. Yeah, it's like nationwide, it's truck driving is the most po- common job in America. And then right below it, the most common employer is like Walmart. Well, okay. But so the Walmart thing, it's a little different because there's, there's a million different jobs. You know what I mean? When you put truck driver... Right, of course. I'm just a very specific It just thing. shows it how much is... How many, how many there really are. Yeah, I mean, it shows how big it is. Yeah, it's like it's millions of people. There's 300 million people in the company, in the in the company, the U.S. corporation. Well, now it is with with President Donald Trump. It is a company. He's running like a business. It's running like terrific. a business. Uh, so there's so many of these people, right? It's between two and three million. I've saw estimates over three million, but we're not talking about a guy whose job it is to drive back and forth from Tallahassee to Pensacola four hours or eight hours each day, and he sleeps at home. We're talking about those dudes that are out there. Long haul, over Long the road. Guides. They got a bed in the back of the truck, in the back of the cab, and they're coming home once in a while. Those are the guys I'm specifically thinking of. So this one particular country song caught my ear. It's called Trucker Speed. Okay, ready for this guy's name? This guy changed his name to be a country singer. He's from Canada, and then he came down here like 30 years ago, and he's been. So he's got a, a fake name. He's got a fake, fake singing name. name. He's got a fake singing name. Fred Eaglesmith. Oh, what was... That's country as fuck. That is country as fuck. His what name was, was like fucking Fred Waltersheim or something, you know. Chad Winkleworth. He had some shitbag regular name. He some was not shitbag. very country. He wasn't an Eaglesmith. He wasn't an Eaglesmith. I'll yeah, tell you yeah, that. His name was George Eaglesmith. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like something any foreigner would come to America and be like, I want to be... I want the most American name I can have. It's just a, it's just a great... It's a great name. When you put Eagle in there, it's a great name. And so... My name's Sam Patriotin. He's singing... Oh, you know, one last thing I wanted to say, because we're talking about how many people do this job, how big of a deal it is, the stress people put on it. You're sitting here 
listening to this podcast going, well, whatever. This is like, we get it. There's a lot of truck drivers. What does that have to do with me? These people are out there driving day and night to get us our shit. Mm-hmm. 70, over 70%, that's a conservative estimate, of every fucking thing you have mm-hmm. traveled by truck At in America. Right. You buy something on Amazon, that shit travels on a truck. Of course, yeah. You, all the shit, look around, everything you have travel by truck. This country is almost 3,000 miles across, 1,500 miles north to south. The internet and bottled water and fucking rubbers and food, everything is getting delivered at such a t- ridiculous interval. Doesn't it sometimes amaze you that you buy something on Amazon and it actually gets there quicker yeah, than the- you thought it would? You'd be like, I don't know, this is some bullshit little fucking $10 thing that I was getting. Some Maybe five, ten years ago, that thing would be out of stock and you'd get an email in like five days saying... Sorry, back off. back stock. And yeah, you can't get be, it. Now you're like, I don't know. Should I return? I don't even know. Ding dong, the fucking thing is at your mm-hmm. house, and you're like, whoa. It is mind numbing. Like, just I've I've always thought about mail. Be, you know, we work in a business where we're shipping like large things. Pick up one place, delivers to the other place. But there's somebody that goes house to house and picks up little pieces of paper, and then it's all got to go back to a facility and then distributed to like where just. It's mind numbing and blowing, like, and the fact that in in uh, what Britain they get the mail twice a day, and not only that, but the mail's been around for like hundreds of years, hundreds of years. It's been like in Britain they they had the post mail, people were sending letters around, you know, hundreds of years ago. Just logistics is it's a and it, sorry. Continue, please. No, I, I'm totally with you on that. It is it is one of those things where you can totally get into a rabbit hole and just blow your own mind by thinking about how many little things are moving to how many little points and like mm-hmm. done very well. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, look at this fucking letter. It's fucking to- beat up or it's fucking damp. I can send a postcard to fucking Africa right now. That means they got to like fire up a plane. They got to fucking fire up a couple of trucks just for a piece of paper just to get it all the way there. No, the most fucked up thing is that right now, whether you send that postcard or not, it blows my mind that there is a fucking boat, plane, car, jetpack. They better not put moped. my mail on a fucking boat. I, I didn't. <laughs> We'd all be amazed if we actually saw how fucking crazy it is. Because you're like, I put it in the mailbox, and then it gets delivered on the other end. Mm-hmm. What the hell? It's a clean. Step two. If you two. actually were able to follow that trail, it would be fucking harrowing. You'd be mm-hmm. like, three people almost died every time I put a, a postcard in to get to Africa because one guy has to do this thing. We got to get it there. There's no fucking safety regulation. No, you need a harness, Bob, to get... The- no, there's no fucking time. And that's the dude's job. Yeah. And there's like nine different parts to that, I'm sure. It's crazy. So anyway, uh, most of the... Just think about how important trucking is to you if 70% of everything is on a truck. Mm-hmm. We're talking about how many truckers there are and what a difficult life I think these guys have. And this song struck a chord with me, A, because I told you I got a country background, mm-hmm. and B... You know, just thinking more about trucks, I think, in the last five or six years, because of my job, it touched a chord. The The song is called Trucker Speed. It's a basic country song, super minimal. A little bit of drum. It's like a... the, ba- the, the you'll, you'll hear it. The drumming is super simple. His singing is super minimal. The chorus, I love. I'm, we're going to play the chorus. And it's trucker speed Depends a dream Percocets and Fedamines Black Beauties and West Coast Turn around When the coast is clear I drive with my name 
chorus is he's listing all the drugs that this guy puts together. He between the around the choruses, his wife, his girlfriend left him, or it's it's totally vague. But like clearly, the woman left him. He doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. He's been driving around for a week with no nothing in his truck because he's so, which is really what an idiot. You ain't driving. Why would you do? Yeah, you but ain't he, driving with nothing. It's a singer. It's not a real trucker. He's a singer. He that wouldn't make sense. Because he don't trucker. get it. <laughs> but it, the the chorus is. So trucker speed, benzedrine, uh huh. Now, now, when did this song come out? When did this guy write? It's this only song? like ten years, not even ten years old. Oh, so this is like a new song. It's a new song. He's been around for a long time. Okay. But this song just came to me through like some Spotify algorithm because mm-hmm. I've been listening to a bunch of country shit. I really? don't honestly know where the hell it came across, but I just heard it one day and I went, I fucking love the song. You know me. Sometimes the song will just get into my fucking head. I've listened to it like a hundred times. And you in the go last month. Rain Man with it. I, just, yeah. I can't get enough of it because I'm like every little detail, every every new listening adds a little something to it for me. Right. But anyway, so trucker speed, benzedrine, Percocets, amphetamine, black beauties, which is just it's just type more of speed, right? And then West Coast turnaround. What's West Coast turnaround? Which I believe I looked it up. I mean, I believe it's just basically coke. Mm-hmm. They say if a guy's doing like an east to west jag and he's gonna turn around and get back, you get to the West Coast, you're gonna start losing time as you're heading into the east. You take a little Tudoruski or a pill or what? A little I West it's, Coast turnaround. It's, it's a or bun- maybe that whole. It's a bunny ear ensemble. Yeah, some type of massive upper that will keep you driving when you should be sleeping. Right. right? So then he said. So he he lists off all these drugs, and then he says, "When the coast is clear, I drive with my knees and I mix it all up, and then I wash it down with Coke or co- Coca Cola or coffee, like the most fucking. I'm sure those are the two official beverages of truckers. Official beverages." Coca-Cola or coffee. Coffee or Coca-Cola. And that's it. That's his chorus. He lists all the drugs. He says he fucking mixes it up and hammers it. And then each chorus, he's like, you listen to this guy. You're like, dude, you're a then fucking I grind mess. my teeth to dust and I look out in the dusk. He, he, loses, <laughs> he loses his girlfriend in the beginning and he's just driving around fucking lost. Then he's bumping into some guy he doesn't mention where he's trying to explain it to him and the guy just leaves him and he's like, fuck it. Just drive back off. Mm-hmm. And then... He does the the typical country little list where I've been beat up, broke down, right? All these different things, and again, it's like the whole point of it is, all I do is drive around and I'm fucking totally unanchored, and I just take these pills because the one thing I know is I just fucking gotta keep going. Gotta get there. And this song, like I said, I think give this song a listen with the little background that I gave you. I'm sure you have your own experience of trucking. I know you have your own experience of trucking. We all do. It's mm-hmm. it's one of those things. It's ubiquitous. You maybe have a relative that's a truck driver. If not, you got shit in your house that truckers brought to you. And just think about how big of a part of this country it is. And then listen to this song from that perspective and just think how fucked up it is that there are millions of Americans who just take this massive cocktail of shit just to keep driving trucks around because mm-hmm. we just need to get our shit. I need that shit in two days. I have it in two days. Next year I need it in one day. We need right. to be quicker. Take more of that shit. We need what more am of I these guys. Man, when I order my charging cord for my phone off Amazon. If it's not there in two days, he better be shoving that cocktail up his ass if he has to. Yeah, because I have a charging cord in this fucking socket, but I don't have one over there. What am I supposed to get up? Get the fuck up? Gary, I need you to drive 3,000 miles. You need to do it in the next two days. Fucking get those charging cords. Get that charging cord to me. Stat. It's not even those kids need to get that. It's just like, I just want things to be more convenient, Gary. Okay, I pressed the button. I did my part. We did your part. Now now drop your trowel, shove that shit up your ass, and get the fuck out of here. Trucker Speed, Fred, it's actually Fred J. Eaglesmith. So. Oh, what's the J stand for? Uh, 
I think it's just to distinguish maybe, him from the other Eaglesmiths. Oh yeah, right. Maybe, and, maybe which is weird like because a, if you don't look up Fred J. Eaglesmith, there's like Fred Eaglesmith on Spotify because I was looking up the rest of his catalog. It didn't come up with anything. Fred J. Eaglesmith. You gotta add the J. J is part of it. Maybe he's just a huge fan of The Simpsons because it's so American. And he's like, what's the most American show and the American name? I would love to hear Fred J. Eaglesmith is a huge Simpsons fan, but I... What's the J stand for? Nothing. It's just J. That's funny. It, just, it, but now... So I just want to show you the uh, like the album art for it. it right. looks is like that a, him? That's him. I see, but it now says he, Fred Eaglesmith, not Fred you. J. Uh-oh. So, so maybe he dropped the J? I forget what the deal maybe was. he dropped the J. So we're going to add this Trucker Speed by Fred Eaglesmith to the Road Soda 2019 Playlist 1. Go have a listen. You can find it anywhere, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. This episode of Road Soda is brought to you by Dark Web MD. Where do you go when they tell you there's no cure? They say the homeopathic options might help, but you know a brand spanking new child kidney will definitely help. But where do you score a kidney? Dark Web MD. Everyone is getting more and more tattoos. How are you going to keep up? A sleeve, your neck, your face? No way. You're ready to take it to the next level. You're getting horns. But you live in the suburbs. How are you going to get horns? Dark Web MD. Your 23andMe results came in, and unlike Kim and Chloe, no Armenian DNA. OMG, Brittany, how can we get that changed? Dark Web MD, a Popco brand. It's time to wrap our episode, Greg, with some prognostications. We got to prognate. We prognated last week a little bit, right at the end of the episode, just when you think you would prognate. And uh, what happened? We talked about the Consumer Confidence Index. Uh, the numbers came out this past week. Uh, the numbers for February said the Consumer Confidence Index, which is a big basket of numbers that say how likely people are to go buy things or how happy they are about the economy. It was at 132.4. We both predicted, along with many pundits, that it would go up. And? The number came out, and it's down to 124.1. Gross. From? Which is not great. From one... Well, I just read something that said 131.4. I put 132.4. I, I don't know where I got my number from, but it definitely it's went down either numbers. 9 or 10 points. No, I'm sorry. 7 or 8 points. Mm, people are not confident. What else did we go over? Uh, I also predicted that Duke and North Carolina would both still be in the NCAA tournament by the time of our next episode airing April 1st. Right. And as of right now, we're not on April 1st yet, North Carolina's already out. Right. They so there's st- out. what you're saying is there's still a chance for Duke to get the fuck out of there by the time this episode, and you completely yes. be wrong by then. Yes. That'll be great. However, I would like to prognosticate... Prognate, baby. ...on Duke being still in the tournament, not only for this episode you're listening to now, but for the next episode. He's rolling it over. Eight. He's doubling down, guys. I think That's they're going to win it. I like Doubling. Duke's chance of winning it. They got this guy, Zion Williamson. Have you seen this dude? I think you've, uh, I think you've just told me about Zion. Six seven, and he's a beast. And he's quick, and he's just... Watch out, man. He's like I don't a think there's player. any other way to really uh, define somebody who's six seven. There's a dude on UCF mm-hmm. named Taco something. Taco. 7-6. Yep. As you reverse those numbers. Yo, you're 6-7. Well, guess what? 7-6, You seven, imagine six, being 6-7 and being a guy is almost a foot shorter than the guy you're playing against? No. 7-6. He's actually yeah. registered as like 
you know a giant that top percentage of tallest people in the world seven six yeah, right. there's not it's a you freak. could sit here and read the list of names of people that are taller than him in the world and it wouldn't take that long wouldn't take say. that long right that is nuts how tall is, she, is uh, Shaquille Shaquille O'Neal I think he's like seven or seven one. Oh really yeah that's not that big it might be seven two you know there's all kinds of that's a Florida boy we're growing big down here, UCF. Seven foot is a big dude. Seven six is what I mean. That's uh, UCF is Florida. But that dude, Taco, though, he's seven six, but he looks like he weighs like 110 pounds. Just like a, like Shaq a stick was seven, in the breeze. seven one or seven two, and he Stout. weighed like 300. Solid. Guy's a monster. What else you got to prognate? Uh, you know, I got another one, too. I'm looking at the Dow Jones Industrial number right now, mm-hmm. which is the average Where's of those 40 such stocks. Well, down. right now, where we're sitting, it's at 25, 9, 28, 68. Mm-hmm. 1983, it was like 6,500 bucks. It's oh, up. they sucked back then. Massively. They did suck. I think it's going to be down between now and April 8th. You think, think it's, it's going, going down? Yeah, I think April's going to be tough. The Dow Jones market. going down. Going down. Into... What do you think? Is it going to be over 25, 9, 28, 68 on April 8th? On April, is it going to be at over at midnight? It's going to be over. It'll go over you that. Think it's going up. I think it'll go up. I don't think we're looking at anything astronomical, but I think it's going to be relatively in the same zone there. And uh, if it goes down, obviously it went down, so your prog your prognating was true. But I don't think it's going crazy. I don't think anything. What do you got? So I'm going on a limb saying it's going down. You like that it's going up. I'm also saying Duke is still going to be there for the eighth. What do you think? Uh, tonight, the night that this episode comes out, the Lightning play the Senators. That's a little hockey. Lightning will win that one. Nice. <laughs> I'm not giving you... You don't need anything else past that. Also, <laughs> when I'm prognating... I told you guys last week, if you see anyone in a pink dress... I didn't see anybody in a pink dress, but maybe you did. And I said, tell them that they, they said nice. This week, I'm telling a different prog- prognostication. And these are... This is almost like fortunes. Almost like you're coming into my shop of crystal balls. And I'm telling you, if you if, do these things in your life and something's going to happen. This week... Uh, maybe you do it all the time. Maybe you haven't done it in a while. But pop on Pandora. I think this is the week everyone's going to find a brand new song or band that's going to stick with them. It's going to be one of those weeks where they find that song and they go, wow, that's something I haven't heard before. And I think that's also, uh, if you're single, you're not finding love this week. I'm going to say that right now. It's not happening this Ouch. week. Look, man, come here for the answers. Maybe you want to sign Don't up with NASA. <clears throat> you're, you're off the. You're out, not playing the field this week. This Maybe take it up for sixty days. Take it up for sixty make days. Some make some cash, and then you can fall in love. Uh, you didn't come here. This isn't. This isn't Doctor Feelgood's office. I'm not here to make you feel good. I'm just trying, trying to tell you what it is. And if you're in love already, you'll stay. What right. I think he's saying is he's not the one they call Doctor Feelgood. If I'm saying buy, sell, or hold, I'm saying hold. Or sell is uh, kind of what I'm saying, but don't buy. It's not happening this week. Don't worry about it. Um, and that's all the prognating I've got for this week. And thank you guys for listening to this episode of Road Soda. This was 83. This was a great one. See you next week. See you at 84, bitch! <laughs>